3: everybody. Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Happy Monday to you. Great to be here uh, with you. We are live on the radio. We are live on YouTube. You can watch us, uh, certainly. Go to youtube.com. Search Ben and Woods. Give us a like, a follow, subscription, whatever you want to do. Tell your friends. uh, Listen, we really appreciate you. Any way you could choose to consume us, um, we're very appreciative of that. Uh, Today is Monday, January 77th. Yeah, the longest month of the the longest month of the year by far. It will not end. It just won't. Never a month longer than March twenty twenty. Oh my god, that's yeah, true. <laughs> I
4: remember that one? Oh
3: my god, this is <laughs> rivaling it though. January's never my favorite. Uh, my favorite month, certainly. My wife can attest to that. I think I've been okay this year, but uh, I am starting to lose my mind. I, I'm Steve Woods. I think. Um, I'll explain in a moment. That is Paul Rindle. He's the executive producer. Morning, Paulie. Good morning. And Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, joins us as well. And as the fellas can attest to, your boy here is losing it. Just, uh, it it may be gone at this point, but we got a a really nice invitation last week uh, to go out and play a very nice golf course called The Farms. Now, I had not played The Farms ever. I'd heard nothing but amazing stories and some horror stories about how difficult it was, and I have not been swinging the uh, the shillelaghs very much at all. Um, and I didn't... Ben said, I don't know if this is the best course to come back to on your first time. <laughs> Which is Ben's way of saying... This is
4: going to be torture for yeah. you. Sorry.
3: Bend over and spread them, basically, is what you were telling me. And, uh, boy, were you right on that one. Holy smokes. I think I would rather have lit cigarettes put out on me than try that, that place again. it. was a monster. <laughs> like, you could put me in one of those. What are those things they used to do where you put your arms through the, the hole and your head through the hole? A stock. stock. I'd rather sit in the stock for four hours while you guys played. Then go play that place again. I lost like 37 balls. I'm not kidding. I, my balls were filled. I left. I go, well, out of 18. I go, this is my last one. Might as well go for the green. <laughs> hit, hit that one in the water. I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. Uh, it, but we had such a great time with, uh, with the Tier 1 that invited us. He was incredible. Nothing against him. The golf course, though, was <laughs> tremendously, tremendously difficult. The hardest I've ever seen. And uh, so we finish up. And I said, guys, I got to go. I got to pick up my little guy from school. Um, we timed it out perfect, man. I finished at 4, pick him up at 4.30, and I, I call my wife on the you know walk from the clubhouse out to the car, and I get to chatting with her, and I get about 85% home, and I go, oh, no, I don't hear my golf clubs rattling around in the back. You know why I don't? Because I forgot them. I left them at the farm's. You just walked back out to your car. To my car. No bag on my shoulders. Without nothing. clubs, just that, you didn't feel like naked <laughs> leaving no,
4: a I, golf course without your clubs. I'm losing
3: it. I'm telling wow. you, I'm losing it. Dementia, something is is setting in. So mm. I call Paulie. I go, uh, hey, good times today. Um, are you are you are you, do you happen to be there still? Pauly goes, no, bro. I'm five minutes from my house. I go, oh, all right, all right. Well, I why? Um, What's going on? I'm 99 percent sure. I uh, left my clubs there. Polly just goes, oh no. And I, you know, I lose range finders. That, the thing is, I got two small kids. What drive, like, we all had parents. What drove your parents the craziest? When you'd leave your jacket at school, yeah. when you'd lose your lunchbox. And yeah. my my dad, Ben, the jackets. That that man had to buy for me that I lost and forgot. Or Did you
4: lose them or did Paul put them in Paul the toilet? Paul put them in the toilet.
3: <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. Missed that story. Paulie uh, put one of his rival's jacket, flushed it down the toilet. He left it in the bathroom when I went to the bathroom. And he was a bully. <laughs> and he was a
5: jerk. Jerk. Sorry. Shoved it in the toilet. Yeah. and Left uh, it. He went and realized, oh, I left my jacket in the bathroom. So, I don't know, 10 minutes later, he went and retrieved his jacket, told the teacher that somebody had put it in the toilet. And so was, all they got to hey, do is Paul. check
3: the last one that used the pass.
5: Paul Reindel. Paul, did you do this? Nope. No, it wasn't me. wasn't me. Well, you were the last one to use the bathroom. I don't know what to tell you. Well, that's weird because I, I didn't, didn't do it.
3: it. <laughs> one of my favorite stories. <laughs> but when I would come home, and my my dad was like, the jacket police? Where's your jacket? I'm like, oh, please don't answer. I think I left it at school. The the rage, you know, just boiling under. He's like, oh, there's. let's be honest. There's like $30 I'm going to have to spend again on another jacket. So you go through that with your children. Anybody with kids knows that. Kids leave their baseball bat at the, the yard. They leave their glove at the yard. You're like, God dang it, I'm going to go buy a new glove. I can't do that to my children. That's the... If my kids come to me and say, "Dad, I left my glove," I'm going to be like, "All right, sounds good. I'll go buy you another one." Because I do it too. There's no one worse than me, so I left my golf clubs at the farms. <clears throat> had to call. Had to call the our, our tier one that invited us. I Was like, so sorry for this. Can you let them know I'll be by tomorrow to pick up my clubs Saturday? I had to get up. Drive all the way out there, pick up my clubs, throw them in the car, and Bo is laughing at me the entire time. <laughs> entire time! He knew. He knew. He's like, oh, oh, I guess you forgot it. guess you're not responsible. I'm like, I guess not. Well,
5: you, you jumped ahead a couple of uh, pages in this story. Because earlier on the course, when you left the range, oh, no, you left your- I putter cover. You were talking about your range finder. You're like, oh, yeah, I've lost three of those over the last, I don't know, year, year and a half. Yeah. And then where's I don't know, my putter? Cover? Half an hour later, you go, Paul. Have you seen my uh, head cover for my putter? Uh, no, it was on top of the cart last time I saw it forty five minutes ago. Luckily, the group behind us did bring that one back. But after you lost the putter cover, you were like, I can't. You're like, Paul, I can't say anything to my kids. Never. I lose stuff all the time. All the time. I didn't know. It, two hours later, you were gonna
4: forget my leave
5: the golf course without
3: your golf. My golf
4: clubs, clubs man. So I have a minor confession to make. So after the you round, you stole my I range. After finder. the after the round, we split up. I had to go grab my shoes from the locker room, and I thought you guys left, but I wasn't there. I was not there more than two or three minutes, and I walked right back out. I didn't stay for anything, but I walked out with our tier one who had hosted us. And as we walked back out, I saw your clubs there and thought, oh, Woods is still here, which is what I think would be the logical, oh, he must have gone to the bathroom or something, and I'm actually leaving before him. And then as I'm walking out and um, we're chatting and having a conversation, I forgot that your clubs were there, but I parked next to you. So when I got to my car... My car was gone. Your car was gone, and I didn't put (laughs) two... It didn't register. I didn't put two and two together (laughs) that... Woods' his clubs are still here, but his car is gone. That is I should have noticed no, that. Listen, but a nor- I didn't.
3: Maybe a normal person would say, Hey, <laughs> come on, man. It's not your fault, man. Okay. It's my fault. It's my fault. I lose everything. And uh it's a problem. I'm gonna have to be the guy with like the different colored rubber bands on his arm. That I move over to the other arm. Do you have your keys? Move my rubber band over. I have my keys. Move- did you get your wallet? Move my green rubber band over. Uh, did you bring your hat? Move my red rubber band over. This is me. I'm an idiot, man. And I'm uh, and like I got home and I was like, you'd just be. Why am I wearing all these rubber, rubber band bands? My to <laughs> quote. Curb your enthusiasm,
5: which we mentioned last week. Yes, that's the second feeble thing you've done this week.
3: It's I'm feeble. One more, and I, that's it. You're you walked done. into a glass door. I'm turning. I'm turning. Spilled tune everywhere, I'm, and then you left your clubs at the golf. Course. I'm I'm turning feeble. Now right this is one of those of fancy
5: eyes. golf courses where when you finish up. They bring your clubs to the front clubs for you, to, to the, the top, to yep. the, ra- the drive around. Yep, yep. They leave yep. it right there. They don't put it in your car for you.
3: I was right. I was. They don't know I know which car you drove. Believe me, I didn't think that they were going to. I wasn't like, whoa, it's on it, A <laughs> Normal person would blame Ben or the the valets for not doing. No, I. I it's my fault. I, I just tweeted the other day. Always be accountable. This is me being accountable for being a moron, and I. I don't. <laughs> I'm going to have to really start doing, like, the mental checklists. And, uh, and and so I'm I'm working on that. But I can't. My kids, you got me. You absolutely got me. Lose, lose whatever you want. I can't say a word about it. Not one. That would make me the world's biggest hypocrite uh, if I did it. It's hard to talk to Ben right now because he is wearing an ass pro shot. So, yeah, a hat. lot of
4: people in the chat or who are seeing us on TV are noticing my, my headgear, which <laughs> is waiting for me when I got here this morning. Yeah. It's the story. I, obviously, the story is... You you broke me with that line, and I I absolutely cracked up. What was it last week? Last when week, we were t- a talking couple weeks about our, a few weeks ago. our trip to the uh, to the strip club in Glendale, and then what you know, giant adult stores. What would that be called? And ass you, pro shop. You, you came up with that line. Those bass items. Bass pro shop. Yeah, the bass. <laughs> pro, more like ass pro shops. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> you got
6: me
3: (laughs) pro shop i would like to go to see what it's it's still the same guy as i said the same nude guy the eunuch with no wiener floating in a tub welcome to ask pro shops (laughs) can i help you what are you looking for uh yeah so it's great. So I, we had a, you guys know we're starting a tier one baseball team and we had our first scrimmage yesterday. And uh, one of the tier ones there goes, Woodsy, 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 don't leave, don't leave. And I, I was, oh, and he ran up, he goes, BAM, dropped it in the front seat with the, uh, the ass pro shop. And there it is, you have it. And I'll tell you, never really seen you in a trucker hat. Looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. It looks yeah. better than some of the golf hats that you wear. I'm not going to lie. Thank, it, you, thank look you for good. that.
4: Let's be honest. I like that wa- better
3: than the fly. I'm wearing hat. it
4: on the show. It's going to take a nice position of prominence here. <laughs> There's
3: no way I can wear this around Why? anywhere I go. Why? I it's so legendary. <laughs> <laughs> it's so legendary. Yeah. Well, he's got his ass pro shop <laughs> hat on. <laughs> It's the best. When we get oh him, it's gosh. it's just some of my, my favorite <laughs> you uh,
4: How'd your first, uh, what was the game, scrimmage? Yeah, we, had a, we had a scrimmage
3: yeah. yesterday against the uh, SD Marlins. Now, they play down in SDABL. We play up in North County. We met up in uh, a field in Escondido. And, uh, you know, we were a little bit of a rough start. We were down 6-1, but we came back to win uh, 10-7. Uh, and it was a lot of fun, man, seeing what we got out there. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, man, the infield that we have is I is put it up against any adult league infield out there. Our catcher, uh, Tyler, spectacular. spectacular. Uh, we've got arms. Uh, we started to hit the ball a little bit late, so I, it felt good, man. I had a nice day at the dish. I was very happy, um, and it just felt good to be back out there again. So it's going to be fun watching the Tier 1s uh, pull it together this year. It's the first time I've played on a team where I didn't, like, haven't played with these guys forever, but... You can already see the the squad coming together. It was just great to be out there with the boys running around uh, yesterday. So Tier 1s could be a, a force to be reckoned with. We ended up winning, you know, winning the game. They had a couple of good arms, and we we hit those guys, and um, it was a lot of fun, man. And when's the first official game? I believe it is Febu- February. Uh, I believe it's going 18th? to be eighteenth. F- uh, yes, I believe it's February eighteenth. So um, you know, I allegedly a bunch of rains going to be here in February. Who knows what happens? But we'll keep you guys uh, abreast of if you want to come out and watch. There were about fifty people there yesterday. I'm not kidding. Like they did a little mini fundraiser for the school, so they had a lot of people there, and we get we donated some money as a team uh, to them as well. And uh, it was a lot of fun, man. And you guys can come out and. And uh, watch and cheer and jeer and everything else. Our uni should be getting in pretty soon. They're going to look really, really sharp. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Great to hang with the uh you know our listeners and stuff on a sunday playing baseball with them it was it was pretty awesome
4: all right everyone feel warm loose ready to go yeah, all right we loose. got a full week coming up here 20 hours of uh, radio ahead uh we get it started next we'll uh hand out the menus get you ready for what's coming up on the show today don't go anywhere it's ben and woods first check of traffic with kelly and monday is here we'll try to make it as painless as possible for everybody on san diego's number one sports station 97 three the fan
7: Day and night, I toss and turn. I keep stressing my mind. Mind, I look for peace, but see I don't attain. What I need for keys, the silly game we play. Play. Now look at this, madness the magnet keeps attracting me. Me, I try to run, but see I'm not that fast. <laughs> you. <laughs>
6: Woods, I
4: like where your head is. I really do. Uh, during the break, Woods was saying, I want to talk some Padres. And I go, I-, I mean, everyone's still talking about pretty much how the Detroit Lions 49ers game to end yesterday, yep. even though we rarely get going with football first. I think we got to tackle the conference championship games yesterday. And we will get into Padres uh, coming up later in the show. But I want to I start out this morning. Uh, we've got our Super Bowl matchup. It is the Chiefs against the 49ers. It is uh, going to be less than two weeks away now, February 11th at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. 49ers opening as a two-point favorites in that game. But we have I've to already discuss- seen it
5: go down to one point
4: now. Uh, so people are betting the Chiefs now. All of a sudden, the Chiefs, who looked as pedestrian as any Chiefs team in the last you know five or six years during the regular season... At this pace, might even be favored to win the Super Bowl by the time we get to the game. If, uh, if the betters continue, uh, to pound the Chiefs over the next couple of weeks. So, uh, they go ahead and hold on against the uh, Ravens, the Lions with some, well, yeah, some questionable coaching decisions by Dan Campbell. Big, uh, big, f- fan of dan campbell on this show we've never uh hidden that fact but uh he was certainly second guest third guest by people across the country yesterday i uh, want to get into that coming up but there's a lot that we want to talk about over the weekend had the uh, finish of the farmer's insurance open on saturday i got to be out there for the award ceremony man had uh he kind of Detroit lions did, it, but then he recovered at the end. Matthew Pavone uh, wins his first ever PGA Tour event and just his 11th start as a rookie. So he uh, he kind of surprised everyone. The big names weren't able to ever make a run. We'll talk a little golf coming up. Then we will get into the San Diego Padres after Take on Woods and Don't Do This. And we had the Spring Training Invitations, which of course came out on Friday. After our show, and we can talk about who's going to show up in Peoria, Arizona, here in a couple of weeks. I also have kind of done some, yeah, let's just connecting of the dots, shall we say? And everyone trying to figure out what what is the Padres' plan? What is their post-Peter Seidler strategy look like financially? Does this make sense? Is this a, a giant retrenchment? I have great word. I have decided. At least, and I don't have any, you know, no one's, you know, inside the Padres' front office leaking me information. But I've come up with a, a theory that fits the facts of what's been going on for the Padres this off season, And I've seen whispers about this. I have as well. Bit. And it it does make some sense when you lay it all out. So I It's wanna,
3: a, a bit of a gamble, I yeah. would
4: say, a bit of a ballsy move. But I want to talk about the potential of Roki Sasaki yes. to the Padres. Yes, 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 yes. Maybe yes. one one year from, from now, one year hence uh, from the international market and why that could be a game changer for the San Diego Padres and why it might actually be worth a little bit of pain this offseason in order to reap benefits for years and years to come in your pitching rotation. And there's no guarantees here. But I can sort of see a strategy that the Padres might be implementing that could be at least partially focused around one of the hottest international prospects that we've seen, probably the hottest since Shohei Ohtani yeah. coming to the United States. And nothing's guaranteed at this point, but the, the little clues that we've seen of what the Padres have done fit some of the facts that that could be a, a major part of their strategy going forward.
3: The old tank for Rocky. Uh, as they say, Benny. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news Rokey. is, but it's it doesn't not really a, it's matter. You it's don't not have a draft.
4: You don't have to yeah. lose. Um, but there are certain, yeah. There's certain conditions you have to meet. Yeah. There's money that you may not spend,
3: so that you don't go over the luxury yeah. tax to get Roki. To I, maximize I, some, your, some may look
4: at that as a, a tanking of sorts. Potential to sign him, and we'll we'll kind of go through all of it coming up in our seven o'clock hour. Uh, it was. Just Big weekend on you know a m- m- bunch of other fronts as well in the sports world, obviously. Uh, we'll get to the football news, though, here uh, first coming up. Uh, Rital Report in our 9 o'clock hour. We still, let's see, when was our last guest on the show when we were in Peoria, Arizona? Yeah. We don't have any scheduled today either. No, so this will be six, st- six straight shows see, unless let's, let's someone see. surprises us. Are you trying to set a new sports talk radio record? Our last non-fantasy camp guest
5: was... A.J. Cassaville on Friday, January 12th.
4: Crazy.
3: Crazy. (laughs) 17 days. We only had two
5: guests that entire week. That's amazing. I love it.
3: I love it, too. I don't think,
5: I don't know. Maybe I'm just speaking out of turn here. I, I don't think the majority of the people that are listening and call themselves tier ones of the Ben and Woods show tune in because they're dying to hear other people talk. Yep. That's just me.
4: I don't disagree with you which is why I've been okay with it the last couple of weeks. And as long as you keep coming up with good topics, and uh, Pauly's got a good discussion. I would to get love into. to
5: book a Jesse Rogers, uh, an Eno Saris, uh, a Chris Rose. There's nothing to talk about right now. There's
3: not a damn thing to talk about in the world of baseball right now, other than our own beloved San Diego Padres.
4: Holding a sneeze over I, I there. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I dust, I did like, sweeping and dusting on Saturday uh, morning, and since then, I can't stop. It just keeps coming back every single time, and I've been sneezing for like two days. Yeah, <laughs> drives me crazy. Uh has got a good topic. Uh, if you saw, the Detroit Tigers went out and signed their top prospect, who has yet to make his Major League debut, Cole Keith, yep. uh, to a six-year contract. Uh, his idea, should the Padres be considering something like that with an Ethan Salas? If not now... Uh, Maybe next offseason to lock him up, and is that gamble, is that kind of money and investment, you know, worth it in the long run, what you may save on the back end versus what you're spending now on a prospect who wouldn't make any money for the next, you know, four years? Uh, they'd be at the minimum at the even if you brought them up to the big leagues for the first two or three years. Is it worth paying them more now? It's the second time this offseason we've seen that. Yep. Who was the, the first uh, one? The
5: Brewers. The Brewers did it, did yeah.
4: it with their guys. That's Chur- right. Chur- Churio, yeah. Chur- Jackson Churio. Chur- 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 like yeah. He signed one as well before making his major league debut. Yeah. It seems to be the new trend in major league baseball. Take your top prospect, take care of them early, and you know potentially buy out a couple of years of free agency. To save what you're thinking could be tens of millions on the back end, but give them some of that money up front so they're not a you know, poor, starving baseball player for the first three or four years of their career. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, it, it, we'll talk
3: about it at more at length. I was very in, in support of what the uh, the Brewers did, and I'm in support of this too. And, you know, if the Padres do it with a guy like Salas, who again is, is supposed to be the truth, we, you've, seen, you've seen guys flame out so many times, top prospects, so many times. You better be sure. You know, you better be as close to sure as you can when you do something like this. And I think, um, you know, with at least in the Brewers and Tigers case, I think they're feeling, yeah, these are these are the guys going to be cornerstone. Do you know? How do you know? How do you know? Very hard. I mean, the jump game. from
5: A ball to double A is, is huge. Very tough. Double A to triple A is yep. huge. The triple A to the majors, even bigger. And the only way to find out is to get that guy at that level, yep. which he hasn't been there yet. And I just... That stands out to me as surprising when you see those numbers
3: going well, around. But, you know, when you see numbers of, of top prospects that go out and hit the open market and they're on their way to superstardom, that contract is is what scares you, too. Like, yeah. can we keep him? Is this our best chance as the Detroit Tigers to keep this guy for a little bit longer than it's maybe we nine would years have? years instead of five? Exactly. So yeah. it does make some sense. So... Uh, but no, we got to get into the football next. That's fine. Talk about the games yesterday. Just, oh, well, my heart's just broken for Lions fans. I mean, you, you, you had that one. You absolutely had that one, and uh, uh, boy, it got away quick. I, mean, you had, I don't, you had
5: people probably planning trips to Las Vegas oh, at halftime.
3: Yeah, yeah at least at le- they're at least Looking on Expedia. Yeah. They're on Expedia at halftime.
4: I don't want everyone blaming Dan Campbell, though. I really I, don't either. I, I really I don't. You agree with some of his sure. decisions? I want to get into that coming up next. Uh, we'll start with the conference championships in football. Move on from there on a Monday. Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 the fan driving Boomer season is not over yet. No. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti continues every Friday at 7 p.m. here on 97.3 The Fan and on the free Odyssey app. It is presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it and by Lowe's. Lowe's Knows Home Improvement. By the way, our uh, our NFL picks contest, which was supposed to last through the Super Bowl. so <laughs> Playoff picks. Yeah, over. Is over. is over. Thanks Pauly to Rindle. the backdoor... Yep. Touchdown by the Detroit Lions. <gasps> Pauly has amassed an insurmountable lead Correct. in our picks contest. Already i already paid off. Uh, we made up some ground in the first game when I did. the Chiefs I won. I made up ground in the first did. game when the Chiefs won, but I needed, I needed the uh, 49ers to cover. You needed the 49ers to cover to stay within striking distance of Pauly yep. before the Super Bowl. We did not. So any uh, any picks from this point on are simply for entertainment purposes second place. Only. Yeah. I'm second place is second. not I've worth any pay. There's off. no there's no money for second place. I already been modem.
5: I was I had money on Detroit plus seven and a half as well. So when they did not elect to just kick the first, quick the
3: yeah, kick quick, the quick kick field because you
5: 'Cause you're gonna have to get the onside kick kick away due to clock management, and I'm thinking, just just kick the three. That's good. That works. Just kick the three. They, didn't g- they go for it, and I'm like, oh, my God. That Got it. back of the end zone touchdown, uh, that did it for me. Okay. So,
4: so Dan Campbell is certainly in the crosshairs today. Sure. Um, you know, my feed. I, I had the temerity uh, to they, you call
3: it temerity. I call it the moronity.
4: Suggest to, to suggest that, it. not that, that, that you're a his, moron. De, his decision was more than <clears throat> defensible. You know, that, that, it's not what I would have done, but it's I, not it's not the idiot move that everyone. Is tweeting about, like, how could you be such an idiot, a moron, not to kick a field goal in that situation? If I were your social media manager,
3: right, you're Ben Higgins, social media extraordinaire, I would have said, hey, just take this play off. You have a radio show. You can talk about it tomorrow. (laughs) Take this one off. We'll talk about it. It was too hot. It was the, the oven. Hot. It was, it was, it was hot. too hot. I'm, I'm you went not, right for it. I'm
4: not going to back off, though. Wow. and We'll talk about it right after this check of traffic on 97.3, The Fan. So let's start in reverse with the NFC Championship. The Detroit Lions just absolutely ambushing San Francisco 49ers on the road, jumping out. Quick two touchdowns. They're up 17 at the half, 24 to 7. Oh, just roll in, Benny. You're in that position. You you need to you need to be able to finish that game in the second half. You're up 17 points. Uh, obviously, the lead was gone by the end of the third quarter. The 49ers come back, win at 34 31.
3: 17 points in eight minutes. Eight minutes. We'll do that to you every single time. So can I say, as an aside, I was driving home uh, from the tier one scrimmage, and this is a little bit captain obvious. Kevin Harlan is the greatest mf'er he I have is. ever heard on the radio in my life. I felt, for the first time ever, listening to a football game like I was watching it on television. He could, You could not do a better job than Kevin Harlan did on the radio call. Master of detail, Right here on 97.3 The Fin. Four I, looks into the nickel of San Francisco in the secondary. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. He's field. Some goofball in a hat. And a red shirt. Now he takes
0: off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested, banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk. But there he goes. (laughs) The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. Bare-chested. Somebody stop that man.
3: That's all well and good. But the actual football that's going on in the field, of course I had FOMO, right? We just finished up a game. I want to get home. I want to get in front of the TV. It's such a visual pro- product. He had, been I was fine. I wanted to sit in the car and listen to the rest of the game. He's that good on the radio. Just as an aside,
4: uh, listening to that. He's terrific. I didn't miss a damn thing with so, him on the call. So let's, I want to go through the second half here and the decision-making and the thought process. The 49ers get the ball down 17 to start the second half. They go down, they kick a field goal. All right, if I'm the Detroit Lions, it's like, all right, not great. It's now a two score game instead of a three score game, but we didn't give up a touchdown. Uh, you know, there's only thirty minutes you have to survive in the second half. Thirty minutes of gameplay between you and your first ever appearance in the Super Bowl. And the only thing you can't is well, you can be outscored by sixteen, you're still going to the Super Bowl. Yep. So this is how you have to kind of frame your second half we need to lose by 16 or less over these last 30 minutes and we are going to the super bowl any result that has us going to the super bowl is absolutely fine no no matter how it does not matter
3: one point three points 14 14 points it does not matter
4: so the lions then get the ball and they respond they drive down from their own 25 get it into san francisco territory Come to a fourth and two at the San Francisco 28-yard yep. line. And here's the first decision for Dan Campbell of the second half. Now up 14, and they decide to go for it on fourth and two. Would have been a
3: 46-yard field goal. Would have been from, about a
4: 40, a yeah, six-yard field they, goal.
3: It's, uh, he's on the 28, they move it back eight.
4: Six, plus, yeah, 18, yeah plus 17 10. to 18 yards. Yeah, 45, yep. 46-yard field goal for Michael Badgley. Not... Not the world's greatest kicker, not the world's worst kicker. He's just, uh, he's just an NFL kicker. Probably expecting to make that 75 80% of the time from that range. So it's not a guaranteed. Uh, if it's 4th and 2, you also expect to make that convert on 4th and 2 around 60 to 70% of the time. Dan Campbell decides, hey, what got us here? We've been aggressive on 4th and short all season all long. Season. Oh, my players have been converting. We still have the momentum. I mean, all we have given up is a field goal here. Yeah. Let's continue to step on their throat and go for it. I can certainly defend that decision by Dan Campbell. Now, I would have looked at it this way. I would have said, if we kick the field goal here, and you know, hopefully we make it if we kick it, It's back to a three-score game, and we've just traded three points for three points. We can do that all game long. And we'll be fine. Uh, If we're trading the same amount of points that they're scoring. We win. We win. They cannot catch up. So as we match what they do, we're good. So I would have probably gone for the field goal there. And even if we missed the field goal and I go, man, we should have gone for it. Not the end of the world in that situation, but I would try to have made it a three-score game. But I think that decision, fourth and two, fourth and short—you've been doing it all season. I think it's good for coaches to remain in character for the most part. Do what brought you to this point. You had it, by I, the way. I, you had it. Josh Reynolds dropped. He dropped it. the you ball. It. it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't the coach's fault that Josh Reynolds dropped the pass. <laughs> it's very defensible. All right, the next possession, then the ball goes to the Forty ers and they have that crazy, crazy play, the 51 yard completion that goes off the face mask of Kindle Valdor and is caught by Brandon Ayuk inside the five yard line, turns into a touchdown for the 49ers. And I'm sure at this point, it's like, okay, now it's a seven point game. Now you're starting to, oh, okay, this you, is, you,
3: you, everything gets a little, a little tighter if you're the Lions, because at that moment, that's where I felt. It was not a good throw by Brock Purdy. It was, I mean, it was he overshot him, and I'm not necessarily saying Kendall Vildor should have made that incredibly difficult catch, falling backwards <laughs> parallel to the ground. He looks up, ball hits him in the face mask. You're like, okay, we got away with one. Well, it just happens to care him to Ayuk, who makes a spectacular play. But it's right then and there. I went. You could see the pendulum just go boom, swing the other way. The crowd then goes. Ape s and they go nuts. They get way into it. You had taken that very demonstrative crowd out of that game for most of the game. Now they are right back in it. So now you're screwed. And a
4: little unluckily, you've got the crowd back into it. It's a one score game. You're you're only up seven. The one thing you can't really afford right there is you don't want to do anything that's gonna turn it over so what does dan campbell call on the very first play a very safe run up the middle probably the safest call you can make in this situation and of course jameer gibbs fumbles has Mm. the ball stripped out again not a bad coaching decision that is poor player execution right there one play and it's back to the 49ers they're already in scoring range uh they go right down 24 yards they score the touchdown and now the game is tied The offense, now you're a little bit rattled. They go three and out on the next series. The 49ers get the ball back. They go down, kick a field goal, take the lead for the first time in the game. So now you are down. All right, this is where people lost their minds. The Lions get the ball back at their 25. They go down, drive into 49ers territory. They're starting to get some momentum back. The offense looks a little more like it did in the first half. You get down to the 30-yard line. You're facing fourth and three in this situation there is about seven and a half minutes remaining in the fourth quarter so you're starting to get a little tight on time here are your options you can kick a field goal Uh, it's a 48 yarder probably which is going to be about a you know 75 to 80 percenter for your kicker you can and if you make it You're tied, tied. but you're also putting the ball back into the hands of an offense that has scored on every possession in the second half that has grabbed all the momentum. You haven't really stopped them. They've got a great running back, the best in the game and Christian McCaffrey. You can certainly see a scenario where they can just pound it, go down the field, run the clock down as far as they can and give you almost no time. If they score a touchdown or a field goal, You could be screwed even if you make the field goal in that situation. You may not touch the ball again and still lose the game in that situation, even though you tied it in in there. And even if you don't, even if it stays tied, you could still lose the game in overtime. It's a coin flip, probably less than that on the road. So you make the field goal. There's still a lot of bad things that can happen. You go for it, though, and you convert. You get the first down. You have a chance to score, go down, score the touchdown, take the lead, put the pressure back on the other team. You're up by four, so they can't even get a field goal to tie it. You you force them to have to go down and score a touchdown. Uh, even if they do, you probably still have time left on the clock to go down and either tie it or win it late in the game. There's a lot of good things that can happen if you convert that fourth and three. This is why I defended Dan Campbell's decision in that situation to go for it and not kick the field goal. Even if you don't make it, You've got timeouts, there's plenty of time left, you're going to need a stop by your defense, you can get the ball back, you can still win the game if you don't make it. Now, they didn't get the stop, the 49ers went down, scored a touchdown, made it a 10-point game, and essentially that that was it. But the narrative that Dan Campbell made the dumbest decision ever not to kick a 48-yard field goal just to tie the game to me is a huge overreaction of criticism to Dan Campbell. I probably would have kicked the field goal just cuz I knew everyone would expect me to and no one's going to criticize me for it and if my kicker misses they'll blame him they won't blame me and you know I want to coach for my job and I want to be able to you know write down why why did we lose well it wasn't on me but Dan Campbell doesn't coach that way. We know that. Yeah, he doesn't coach that, that way. Yeah. He wanted to do something to help his team win the game. He went for it. It didn't work. I don't. I don't really see the problem with that one. I have more of a problem with the first time not kicking to go back up seventeen than I did going I for it I, on fourth and three there in, in the fourth quarter. Yeah,
3: if you're gonna if you're gonna nitpick, I think that was the one where you at least try to put your foot on the the throat and go for three, be up three scores. The one down there, man. Uh, and again, they they had that one. They had the, they he went for it at that one. Then they didn't kick the first one, and he had it. The ball hit him right in the numbers. It's just bad execution. But I it's think not the wrong call that impacts
5: the decision for the second time yeah. around because then you have to look at like I fully recognize that that's the style of play that got them to that point, but I do think you have to also. Maybe take a step back and look in the moments, and not the 17 games you've already played this, this year. Or this whatever. isn't
3: week six. I get it. You it's not, you're think, not in week six bro, here.
5: We are dropping passes. We have let them back into this. We have blown a
3: 17-point lead. Is that a, Okay, is that a panic move, Paulie, to go? Isn't it a panic move when you're chasing it to maybe, I don't know, Go and hedge last night on your bookies website and end up losing both bets. Is that I don't know a, that you can fully is it call it a panic. It. Is it a panic move? I don't know that you can call it a panic move when all you're doing is trying to tie the
5: game back up.
3: Like you're but again, I mean, so our we have a, a buddy, he's a listener, and we used to have him on the show. He used to do picks for us, our buddy Cash Meddy. he's the biggest Lions fan I've ever met. He's like the only Lions fan that I has been with the Lions that I know that's for his whole life. He's like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. He goes, our kicker's terrible. That's absolutely the right call both times. Dan Campbell tries to win football games. Dan Campbell doesn't manage football games to, to, to lose. He doesn't he doesn't do it like I'm gonna play I'm now I'm gonna play smart. He plays and coaches the way that he coaches. And it served them well to this point. I you know, he's like, our kicker stinks. He stinks. There's no guarantee he was going to make either of those. But but here's Campbell, I think, talking about uh, his decisions. Yeah, I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and, and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know. And, and it would have. It's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because you know they didn't. We didn't come through. It wasn't able to to work out. But I just I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I get. That's part of the gig, man. Um. But you know, we just just didn't work out. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely fine with that explanation. Great tweet just sent to us by Ralph Russo. Lions dropped a fourth down conversion and a third down conversion and had an interception bounce off a dude's face mask into a receiver's arms for a 50 yard gain. And we're going to get bad fourth down takes for days.
4: Now, did Dan Campbell make some mistakes? Uh, yeah, uh, especially on that last touchdown drive when they had three timeouts left and there was uh, a minute left in the game and that third and goal and they ran a run play, which didn't get to the end zone, Murdered and they clock, had to use the t- the, timeout. the timeout, which meant there's no way they can get the ball back from yeah, the 49ers tough. if they don't recover an onside kick. You get the, the touchdown in one of the next two plays, and you don't need to use a timeout, you can kick it to them. You can get three and out. Now, they probably wouldn't have. The 49ers were moving the ball so well. Yeah, but you had yeah, at least a chance. I'd
5: rather take my chances at getting a three and out than an onside kick. Recovery. You, you could have yeah. kicked yeah.
4: the earlier field goal to get within seven and, and save more time and gone for it that way. The one thing you can't do is burn a timeout trying to score a touchdown. There's just no one recovers onside kicks yep. anymore since they changed the rule. It is so rare to recover an onside kick in football, and you put yourself in that position. Uh, you're probably going to lose anyway, but you didn't even give yourself a chance. You, you had to throw on those downs. You can't risk being tackled. In the field of play and having to burn a timeout, so yeah, he made I, a mistake. We said he made a mistake when he was playing the Cowboys and went for went for two after the penalty when he got backed up in the seven. It's like kick the extra point, it, man. At that it. point, at that point,
3: you've you've you've. We know that you're a riverboat gambler.
2: Yeah. We
4: know you you don't have to prove anything but to I, us. I don't kick think it. this was Dan going. I have to go for it because that's you know that's, that's, that's what's am. expected. That's who I am. The numbers and and ESPN's um, stat gurus put out. The statistical tweet. And, you know these numbers are not exact; they're not infallible, but they are, you know, based on some sort of expectation. Ed Werder, when the in the third quarter, when they if they had gone for it, it's a ninety point five percent chance you win the game. If you kick the field goal, you have a ninety point three percent chance of winning the game. So it's a it's a coin flip, literally, but essentially a slightly more so you have slightly more chance of winning the game if you go for it. And then in the fourth quarter. Same thing, down three, you have a 39.1% chance of winning if you go for, for the first down, a 38.8% chance of winning if you kick the field goal. A coin flip again, but the numbers actually say that statistically, mathematically, Dan Campbell made the right call by a fraction of... Both times. And again, those aren't infallible numbers, and you do have to read game situation, but there's no way that the criticism, the avalanche of criticism that Dan Campbell got is in any way justified based on those fourth down calls. Because they simp- they simply was no right or wrong answer on those. You can go either way. Because they didn't work, it was the wrong choice, and I get that, and he gets that, and I respect that about Dan Campbell. Yeah. He takes that criticism, he'll live with it, he understands it's part of the job.
3: Absolutely, it is, and uh, it's it. You know,
4: it's going to stick with him all off season. But I don't think he's going to change oh. who he is. And the the Lions absolutely charged that game, lioned that game. Whether it's Dan Campbell's fault or not, as an organization, as a team, they will regret that opportunity forever. Yeah. And ever. Even if they win Super Bowls, they'll say, we might have had one more. The one that got away. We absolutely, the absolutely biffed it. Yep. One way or another. All right. Let's uh, talk about the other game coming up, and then we'll play a little take on Woods next here on 97.3 The Fam.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
4: Chiefs fatigue is real out there, but you got to tip your cap. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are going to their fourth Super Bowl in the past five seasons after beating the Baltimore Ravens seventeen to ten in the AFC Championship game. And I'm as surprised as anyone. I know I took the Chiefs. That was only because Paulie had taken the Ravens, and I, thought, I needed to catch up. I thought the Ravens were going to
3: absolutely handle business. I really did. That's the one. Paulie and I both were like, "Oh, this is this feels like a lock." And we were playing the scrimmage. And I was getting an update on the score. I go, what's the score? 17-7. I go, oh, Ravens? No, Chiefs. Fourth quarter. I'm like, you're joking. You are joking. I could not believe it. And it it, it, it crushes, it 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 crushed me. Because I was like, oh, this is, this is Lamar's going to run year. rampant. A rough shot over these guys. And just didn't happen. Chiefs are... One of those teams coming together at the absolute right time of the year, and when they looked so moronically pedestrian uh, for most of the season,
5: they dang. are clicking at the right time. Yeah, but they didn't dominate that game. No, you know, no. The Ravens shot themselves in the
7: foot.
3: Ravens are really—they're right. a damn good football team. They you should, know,
5: they they absolutely could have won that game. It wasn't you know forty-two to seven right. or anything like that. And they were trying to mount a heroic comeback in the second half. Like they just. Crap!
3: for I, bed. I, I called Paulie on the way home, and I said, "All right, I'm driving home. Game's over. Fill me in." And he goes, "Zay Flowers, man." Ugh. And I go, "What happened?" And he told me what happened with Zay Flowers. And I go, right, I got to get home and watch this." It's a and rough I, sequence, I, bro. I mean, that kid—he's a really good player. He is a really good player. You got to learn from—you got to learn from this man and move on. But you don't know how many chances you're going to have again to to be in a game like that. They just. You cannot take those for granted when you're there. And a dumbass taunting penalty, losing the football in the end zone, um is just brutal. It's a blur. slamming your hand on the bench. Slamming your hand on the, the bench. Yeah. Open. I mean, dude, it is it's three it like the three it, it is a terrible threesome for that. And, guy. and
4: Lamar Jackson's decision to throw into the end zone, into triple coverage, uh with the interception there in the in the fourth quarter very was very uncharacteristic. You know, his receiver threw his hands up in the air like, I'm wide open, throw it to me. Who was the receiver? I I forget who it was. No, you're not. You've got three guys on you. Don't do that. You, You throw your quarterback off. I mean, it's still on Lamar Jackson to make the decision, but usually like a receiver... You know, hey, he'll throw his arms up. I've got five steps on this guy. you got to throw it to me. I'm wide open. You weren't wide open. You had two guys on you, a third guy coming in who ended up pulling out the interception uh, there, and you can't make those mistakes if you want to come back in the game. I thought two people, though, were absolutely critical for the Chiefs' victory yesterday. Travis Kelsey had his best game of the season. Yep. Uh, you can say what you want about Travis Kelsey and the uh, unbelievable amount of media attention he's been getting this season uh, with Taylor Swift. But 11 catches on 11 targets, 116 yards, and that touchdown catch in the first quarter, one of the best catches you're going to make in a critical situation like that, uh, turning around, blocking off the defender who hadn't allowed a, a tight end to score a touchdown all season long against that that Ravens defense. But I thought the way the game played out it shows you that Andy Reid to me is a notch above most coaches and he is uh he's obviously proved it the last few years the way the chiefs came out and scored on their first couple of possessions you could tell Andy Reid had had orchestrated all right here's how we're going to start the game they had gone through the sequences of the plays that they thought would work against the Baltimore Ravens defense. We're going to go out. We're going to execute. We're going to jump on them quickly. Once they ran out of those plays, cause you can only script so many, you know, drives, you know, you got a couple of, of scripted drives and then you've got to start reacting to what's going on. Once it turned into a game of, all right, now who's better on the field? Who's making the plays? They didn't score again against that Baltimore Ravens defense. But when Andy Reid, had all his pieces, all of his chess pieces out there, knowing exactly what they were supposed to do for the first couple of drives of the game, the Chiefs were better prepared to take advantage of that because Andy Reid is the best offensive coach in football. And I don't think it's even very close. Now, you know, the Ravens probably should have come back and won that game. They didn't. They made too many mistakes, and the Chiefs are going to another Super Bowl. But got to tip your cap, Andy Reid, pulling off the upset by having a great game plan to start, I thought was absolutely critical in that win.
3: And I mean, Patrick Mahomes, dude, thirty of thirty nine for two forty one and a touchdown. You know, he is he he he, he kind of reached a little bit of villain status this year. It was a little bit uncharacteristic. He came out like
5: twelve for twelve. Yeah, throwing. yeah, just
3: came out lights out. He was, you know, the the complaining to the refs, the the. Kind of temper tantrumy scene that you, and you started to see the, 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 the perception of him shift a little bit from, oh my God, what a marvel to, oh, he's really, this is how he is when things go wrong. But who else, who else would you want back there? Who else would you want under center these days? No one. There's not, if you say anybody else, you're wrong. The dude knows how to win. He is 28 years old and, He's amassing playoff win after playoff win after playoff win. He's a... he's fourth a,
5: Super Bowl appearance? Fourth.
3: He's, a, <laughs> he's a, a freak. A super freak with that ball in his hands, man. And how... I mean, I, I really respect the San Francisco 49ers. I really respect the, the cachet of weapons they have. How do you bet against Patrick Mahomes in a Super
4: Bowl? Right, Lamar Jackson, I think, is the clear MVP of the league. Yeah. But he... Came up a distant second to Patrick Mahomes on the field in that in the most important game of the season in the mo- most important meeting of the season. If that doesn't tell you, you know who who's the guy you want to throw your chips in in the NFL right now at quarterback? It's Patrick Mahomes, no question. And you know he he was let down by his targets all season long. And give credit, a lot of those guys like Marquez Valdez St- Scantling had a lot of key mistakes and drops. Came up with the catch he needed, yep. you know, on, on third down, Huge. over the top third there nine, to yep. to seal the win. You think earlier in the season the Chiefs may have dropped that one? They did drop. They did. They did drop that one earlier in the season. They got better over the course of the year, and that's really the goal. It's not to be the best team at the beginning of the year. It's to be the best team at the end. And I think you can make the argument now that I know the the Niners are currently favored by a hair. But maybe the Chiefs are the best team at the end of the season. The Niners certainly—they looked better early in the season. The best version of the Niners felt like, you know, October. That's
5: why I took the <laughs> Lions in the NFC game. Friday was they the Niners—they didn't look great against the Packers. No, not at all. They I mean, lost to the Ravens. Needed at the end to come of the back. season. Yep. They didn't look great against the Packers. I'm like seven and a half points in the NFC championship in a championship game. Like I will take the points. Almost every time, and it
3: looked like a laugher. But what if you're, you know, if you're Andy Reid and and the Kansas City Chiefs? Now you look at it and go, "Yeah, man, they just scored 17 points in eight minutes. They're a very capable team. They they were getting their doors blown off at home. Came back, won that game." Um, and, you know, listen, it was not particularly close at the end. I mean, it, the, the, I know the score says it was close. It wasn't. They dominated, dominated the second half of that game. So um, that's something, no lead is safe with a team like that and I, all those weapons.
4: All right, we need a contestant for take on Woods. Nobody's on the line right now. So if you want to jump in, play our game, chance to qualify for the trip to Las Vegas in our musical trivia challenge against Woods. Now's the time. 833 eight zero ninety seven three. 833 973 And you know, Barry, you're absolutely right. Barry in the chat says, what? Is going on. I thought this was the flagship for the Padres, not the NFL. They turn their back on us. Why give them anything? We've talked enough NFL now. We Pretty have uh, we have some good Padres talk coming up here. Uh, right after Don't Do This, I want to talk about uh, the Roki Sasaki plan, which is not an official Padres plan. Let's it's make that, it official. It's one that on I've come show. up with that no, I just think make makes it. a lot of sense. Is this going to be the official this plan This is not the official now? plan. The official Padres plan for the next five years involving Roki Sasaki. We will discuss Padres baseball coming up. I felt like everybody was talking about those games. I mean, wasn't everybody talking about those games? They were. We needed to give a little bit of reaction, but it's yeah, like well, the two biggest games. Of the they were. Year. They they were, and you know we this was september obviously it'd be a different story but it's january and guess what padres didn't really make any moves over the weekend again so we're still waiting a little quiet but we'll get to that we'll get you buddy look at all those people calling in barry we got three hours bud you're gonna get you we'll take care of you barry don't worry that's coming up right now though let's uh, play some take on woods it's time for take on woods 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 take on woods brought to you by valvoline instant oil change it only takes 15 minutes and you don't have to get out of your car for directions and discounts go to soCalOilchange.com. that's socal oil change oh, phone lines wow on a monday morning let's go with uh is this edgar yes yeah. are you ready to play take on woods edgar Yes, I am. All right. Woodsy has left the studio. If you can beat or tie him in our five questions and musical trivia, you'll qualify for our grand prize. Two-night stay at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Tickets to uh, Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns coming together to perform on April 11th at the International Theater at the Westgate. Newly designed premiere rooms, part of the $70 million room renovations. The Westgate, home of legendary Vegas fun. Here are your categories. Uh, We'll bring back Spanish 101. Five hit songs in the U.S. that have Spanish language titles. Up in the Air. Those are five song titles and musical artists that include air. And we have a mystery category as well. Can't give you anything on that one other than the two-second song will give you all the hints you need. So, Spanish 101, Up in the Air, or mystery category, Edgar? Spanish 101. Spanish 101. All right, today's game. Again, five hit songs in the United States that all feature Spanish titles you'll have 60 seconds to answer as many of the five if you don't know an answer say pass we'll come back to it if there's time left on the clock first question's the two second song paulie's going to play some music you need to give me the title in espanol and the artist uh to score that point we'll go on from there edgar are you ready to play yes let's do it 60 seconds on the clock the category spanish 101 (laughs) your time begins when paul plays the music good luck edgar let's take on woods Uh, bear. Adapted from a Mexican folk song, which hit didn't reach number one on the Billboard charts until it was re-recorded by Los Lobos for a 1987 movie? La Bamba. Correct. Which 1993 hit by Los Del Rio sparked an international dance craze? Bear. Last Night I dreamt of San Pedro is the first line of which 1986 Madonna hit? Which 2017 Spanish song by Daddy Yankee and Luis Fonsi didn't hit number one in America until they recruited Justin Bieber to join them for a mostly English version? Go back to our two-second song. (laughs) Up there. Which 1993 hit by Los Del Rio sparked an international dance craze? Oh, we got the one. We got La Bamba. You're not out of it. But I don't know if that's going to be enough. The song was Oye Como Va by Santana. The Macarena, of course, was Los Del Rio in 1993. Last night I dreamt of San Pedro as La Isla Bonita by Madonna. And Despacito was Justin Bieber with Daddy Yankee and Luis Fonsi. All right, let's bring Woods back in. See if he starts the week with a win here. Doesn't get the category. Edgar's score is locked in. Get his headphones on. Polly's going to reset our two-second song. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. Woods, your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck. Let's take on Edgar. Oyo como va Bye that Santana? Correct. Adapted from a Mexican folk song, which hit didn't reach number one on the Billboard charts until it was re-recorded by Los Lobos for a 1987 movie. La Bamba. Correct. Which 1993 hit by Los Del Rio sparked an international dance craze. Macarena? Correct. Last night I dreamt of San Pedro is the first line of which 1986 Madonna hit. La Isla Bonita. Correct. Which 2017 Spanish sung by Daddy Yankee and Luis Fonsi didn't hit number one in America until they recruited Justin Bieber to join them for a mostly English version. This is one I should know. Probably. Watch my taint. Mm, Close. Not really. If maybe if you had said it in Spanish, I don't know what the translation is, but it's I Despacito.
3: You, I don't know how you say paint in Spanish. You got
4: four, though, which is a win. Four to one today over Edgar that in Spanish. One on one. Oye, Ooh. como va? La Bamba, Macarena, La Isla Bonita, and Despacito. La Bamba is one of my favorite movies of all time. You like that I one? I love it. Period. With yeah. um, Isai Morales, Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Diamond Phillips. Phenomenal. <laughs> As Richie Valens. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable movie. Sad ending. Very sad. <laughs> I don't know
3: why I'm laughing, but yes, it was a very sad ending. I think he could have done a little better than Donna, too. I don't think Donna was, I don't think she treated him the way he deserved to be treated.
4: I remember our music teacher in junior high teaching us that song and all the Spanish words. For La Bamba. La Bamba, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Para bailar la La Bamba. In order to dance the La Bamba, uh, se necesita, you need, uh, una poca de gracia, a little bit of grace. Una poca de gracia para mí, for me, para ti, for you. Arriba, arriba. Then, now put it all together. Para bailar la Bamba, para la, bailar la Bamba, se necesita una poca de gracia. Una poca de gracia para mi, para ti, arriba, arriba. It's not great, but that's what I remember from junior high music class. Better Better than
3: I could do. Hold on. I don't know the words, so I just meld them. You together, just kind of just. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant movie, man.
4: Brilliant film.
3: It was really good.
4: Oh, all right.
3: Uh, my, De- my wife loves Despacito, by the way. I should have absolutely Despacito. known that. She played it over and over and over and over. Man. Oh wait, I was just despacito.
4: Ugh. I was not a fan, but teach his own. All right, uh don't do this is coming up next. Uh let's see. Vince McMahon. I mean, I feel like we I, I feel like we need a
3: moderator to come in and tell <laughs> us about. I I read probably too much of the WWE report. About the things that Vince McMahon was allegedly up to—it's just
4: accusations. But holy smokes, man, yeah. that's not good. That's, that's doo doo sure. in there. It's mega doo doo. Mega doo doo. There's poop <laughs> in the story. Dd
8: mega <laughs> doo doo. There's, there's poop in it.
4: It's not a doo doo this though. It's a doo doo no. this, but it's not a. It's a it's don't do this with doo doo. Coming up next after a check <laughs> of traffic on 97.3 to The fan. You handle this one.
9: Don't do this.
4: It's time for Don't Uh, we'll start things out on "Don't Do This Today" with a gnarly lawsuit. Uh, Vince McMahon, longtime chairman of WWE, co-founder and TKO uh, Sports, which is the company that owns WWE, now resigned from his position over the weekend after the 78-year-old was accused of sexual misconduct by a former employee named Janelle Grant, who worked in the WWE's legal and talent departments. Uh, She alleges that McMahon forced her into a sexual relationship. uh, And then he also passed around pornographic pictures and videos of her to other men, including other employees at the office. And then she details what I guess we could only describe as depraved sexual acts. Yes. Very depraved.
3: God like some of the more depraved acts that you
4: Now he uh see. he is denied the charges say he will defend himself but they are so they're so hot and so scandalous that even in a sport that is built on scandal and controversy and attention like this he is he is stepping away and resigning from his position he will have nothing to do with WWE going forward according to the company you know something's pretty serious at this point when He's not dismissing it and going, eh, just another fake news story. He's actually uh, stepping away from WWE completely because of this lawsuit.
3: Yeah, and decorum prevents us from you know, getting into the details. The report's out there if you want to read it. Uh, but he did briefly retire from WWE in 22. More revelations of multiple payouts to several women connected to sexual misconduct allegations. There was an internal investigation uh, conducted by an outside law firm. They found $14.6 million in payments by Vince McMahon. Uh, In November, he repaid the company uh, that money, and they let him back. And now this scandal has come to light. And, yeah, man, I just... The 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 allegations in it are are like you said so very depraved. Uh, I don't think we can really talk about. Comes
4: it. on the heels. Uh, Paulie mentioned it last week of the new five billion dollar deal with Netflix to stream <sighs> WWE events uh, for the next ten years. Mm, mm, mm. All right, yeah, go read the report.
3: Uh, this was a sad story. This made me really sad. Authorities in Kansas are searching Friday. For a prized Jackie Robinson statue it was stolen from a Wichita park, they are offering a hefty reward leading to its return. I had first heard about the story. Uh, I'd not seen. I've been to Wichita a few times. I've never seen the Jackie Robinson statue. Uh, it doesn't look like I'll get a chance to see it now as it's disappeared. But the weird thing about it, it's a you know it's a bronze statue, and uh, they cut it off
4: at the feet. They this took a. This feels low, even for criminals. Like criminals should know better than this. Even a criminal should say, "I can't do this.
3: I can't do this." Can
4: you imagine someone like going into the, you know, Gallagher Square right. and just cutting, cutting like off Tony, Tony at the ankles and taking yeah. him away? By the way, what are you going to do with what it? Are you
3: going to do sell it? With that, <laughs> it's footless. Put it number in. one. Put it in your backyard. What are you doing with this statue? It has no feet, they, so they had to take some sort of saw and saw Bronze. off at the feet, and so all you see now, there's a home plate and two feet, that's all you see, somebody went in there and swiped it, brutal, it breaks my heart, um, I, I have no idea who would do this and I mean it is the the police chief said look this should upset all of us the individuals who robbed our community of a treasure will be held accountable for their actions somebody's going to talk somebody is going to say something uh, they're talking $2,500 for tips leading to the arrest 5000 for tips leading to its return they're, at, they're on the case there I fully expect them to crack this case uh, I don't know what the impetus behind this was there is no good reason none even for a criminal a criminal? It, it, do you get the? You know the thing is, I don't get the sense it was like, oh, it's just kids. I don't get. I kids don't, don't can't cut bronze statues. I, at wouldn't, the feet. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think, think so, it. man. I wouldn't think so. It is brutal. So sad
4: to see. All right, finally, a little uh, do-do this for a Monday. d d mega no, do Not that kind of doo doo. We are. Uh, we'll go to the Farmers Insurance Open. Ooh. I wanted to congratulate. Well, I already. I already handed him the uh, the award on on Saturday, but uh, Matthew Pavone, not only becoming a a rookie winner on the PGA Tour in just the eleventh start, but the first Frenchman to win on the PGA Tour in the modern era since World War II, as he birdies the final hole. And what a shot! I actually it was the only one I saw because I was standing at the 18th green for like the last three or four groups, so I didn't. I didn't see live his collapse, essentially. He bogeyed, what, 15? Well, He yep. almost bogeyed 60. He had to make like a 30-footer for par on 16. So he gets to 17, and he's got
3: three feet left, and he's got a two-stroke lead. Uh, three-footer. And steps over it. He, by the way, he's one of the... Uh, no, it's the other guy. It was, no, he's a fast golfer. Pavone
4: moves really quickly. He does. He plays there. fast.
3: Steps up, three-foot putt. He missed it. So now his lead is one
4: minus one. Over Nikolai Hoygar Yep, going into 18. On the green and two, putting for eagle yep. on 18. And well, so they, Pavone goes what, bunker? He goes,
3: he, he yanks his, his drive left into the bunker, right into the front of the bunker where there's a giant lip. So they were saying on the broadcast, okay, not the end of the world here. You were probably, now it takes that decision out of your mind. Now you know you're laying up, no problem you got to get it over this lip, though, and you don't want to hit it left into the very thick rough. The fairway is out to the right. Throw it in the fairway, knock it on, make your birdie and win this thing, or make your par and and win this thing. My man duffs it out of the sand, hits it right into the rough. The
4: two-foot rough that's standing, you know, he hits it 100 yards. Yeah, so he's still like 145 out in the deepest rough. Deepest rough. His caddy is even going... I don't know if you should go for the green. You might they just want to said, punch it out to the fairway here said, and play for par. They said, "Bro, the, the water is in front of you." And he, by the way, on Friday, laid up and then spun it back into the water and finished his round. So, so that's his that's bad memories
3: already. That's creeping in his dome as well. But you're, you know, you have a chance to win this golf tournament right now. You're 145 yards out. You're in the deep rough. The water is staring you dead in the face. And this dude comes up and hits one of the more clutch, clutch shots you will ever see, seven and a half feet from the hole. Boom! Walks up, makes the putt, wins the tournament. The meltdown that he was—I watched it and I was like, "This is hurting me. It's physically hurting me." It was me Detroit to watch Lions. This. This. It ask, was Lionsell. So,
4: like if the Detroit Lions had pulled it out somehow in the end, yeah, he yeah. pulled it out. He gets the win. It was I, unreal. So I actually got the chance for the first time ever. They gave me an inside the ropes pass on Saturday, which I don't usually have, and I actually walked like with Xander Shoffley's group in the f- like in the fairway, like nice. behind Xander Shoffley. I was so self-conscious though, and felt like I was so like out of place and didn't belong. <laughs> I lasted for like a whole and a half, and I go, I can't do this anymore, and I jump back outside the ropes. Wow, <laughs> it was weird. Like it's the pres- everything is so like the every blade of grass just pristine. is perfect pristine. I'm walking like on top of it, I'm going. Everyone's like looking at me out there, like oh, just walking along the no. fairway, <laughs> and I was allowed to be there, <laughs> but oh, I felt very no. self-conscious. With the Inside the Ropes Pass on Saturday. So you bailed on it. So I bailed on it. And then I just ended up going to 18 and watching them all come in as that's I got ready self- for the... That's uh, good self-awareness on I your part. I guess so. I think. I mean, it's such a, a privilege it and is. an honor to be able to walk inside, you know, get up as close as you wanted. <laughs> Could have gone and chatted with Austin Kaiser as caddy, whatever. I didn't, though. and I just hung back, and I still felt out of place. So That is Don't and Do Do This for a Monday.
3: That was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan.
4: So I feel like I've cracked the code on what the Padres' strategy for the next 12 months may be. I am speculating, but I'm going to lay out my case as to what the Padres are trying to accomplish here. And we'll do that when we come back uh, next with Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. San Diego.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
4: 2024 Pro Bowl games are this Sunday. You can yeah. hear right here on yes. 97.3 The Fam. What's I've what? been
5: waiting all Ugh. year for this.
4: <laughs> uh, the skills competitions. And- well, the good news is you don't have to pay for them on the Odyssey app, which is also free. That's it's Starting true. at noon. Live from Orlando, Florida. Do you think uh, most guys would rather be going to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas or the Pro Bowl games in Orlando? <laughs> yeah,
3: I think they'd be rather go to the Super Bowl, bud.
4: I don't know. I mean, you've got Disneyland. You've got Universal Studios there in Orlando. I bet they're all, the families are probably thrilled to be going to the Pro Bowl. They're going, we didn't want to go to Vegas anyway That's for true. the Super Bowl. That's true. We're going to have a much better time at the Pro Bowl games in Orlando. Yeah. All right, uh, Padres fans, I'm going to take you down a road of, of speculation. A rookie road. A rookie road, yeah. <laughs> Very rookie. Very rookie. Conjecture. No facts at all, but I'll tell you what. When I finish my story, you're going to agree that this is the Padres' plan of action. That's at least my belief that you're going to agree. We'll get to that right after a check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. So uh, I talked to uh, Chris Kemp last week. I think you guys were out playing your game yeah, a couple on, weeks ago uh, yep. at Fantasy Camp. And I actually asked him about Roki Sasaki. Didn't give me much. He gave me a very A.J. Preller, say-a-lot-of-nothing answer about it. But this is a very known quantity. If you haven't heard of Roki Sasaki, he is expected to be the next big thing out of Japanese baseball, following in the footsteps of Shohei Otani and Yashinabe Yamamoto. He's a 22-year-old pitcher who is uh, maybe even more promising than Yamamoto, who just got a $325 million deal from the Dodgers. Over the weekend, Sasaki signed a one-year deal with his team, the uh, Latte Marines of Japan's Pacific League. But he also made it very clear what his plan is. Quote, I have the desire to play in the U.S. major leagues in the future. I've been communicating every year. I believe the club understands it, too. His c- current club, yes. His current club understands it. Now, the rules in Japan um state that you have to play nine years in Japan- Japanese baseball before you can come over and sign a free agent deal in the United States. Uh, like uh, Yamamoto waited and got his nine years in and then he signed the big deal. However, like Shohei Otani did, you can come over early. And if you're under the age of 25, which obviously Sasaki is He's 22, but if you do that, you're just subject to the same international signing bonus pool that any other prospect, say, from Venezuela or the Dominican Republic, like uh, Leo de Vries just was, yep. that the San Diego Padres signed, or Ethan Salas the year before. So the speculation is pretty strong now, based on those comments and, and other things that we've seen that... Sasaki may, in fact, be coming next year. He wants to get his big league career started. He's willing to give up, you know, one big free agent deal so he can get more major league baseball under his belt, and then, you know, hopefully sign a giant contract like Otani did after he gets his major league service time in in the United States. Yeah, it's the the exact same system that allowed Otani to come over early for the Angels. It's really the uh, the only thing left in baseball. You know, other than just good draft and development, where you can get a financial advantage, you can pay a superstar player, yep. potentially for peanuts for a, a signing bonus that can't really be any more than you know f- five or six million dollars. That's pretty much the maximum bonus pool right now. And, and, and yeah, and ha- if he has to wait another what four years?
3: Twenty, he'll be, be twenty six. Right. If he has to wait another four years and pitch in Japan, which he does not want to do. Then he could come over as a free agent and do, and do like Yamamoto like, and Yamamoto. do the whole thing. But yep. it
4: sounds like he wants to come over early. So here's where my here's where it turns from at least reported news to some speculation. We know that AJ Preller has been very strong on the Asian market uh, and you know scouting and has went strongly after Shohei Otani when he was coming over for the first time. Signed two players, one from Japan, one from Korea this off season. Hasan Kim, of course. Uh, He has had a lot of connections with Asian ballplayers in the past. And Roki Sasaki seems like he would be right up A.J. Preller's alley. Now, in order to offer him, if he does come out next year, the maximum bonus that you can... You have to avoid the penalties that come along with exceeding the luxury tax threshold. The Padres were one of the teams that were dinged about't know a million and a half you know in that that bonus pool. Uh, fortunately, they were still able to sign DeVries, but they need to get in compliance with luxury tax rules to rebuild their bonus pool up in order to give a maximum offer to a player like Sasaki in the off season. So it kind of makes sense if that is one of the reasons why the Padres are retrenching their payroll. It could be because they want to go make a big play toward Roki Sasaki in the offseason. But that, you know, that's probably true of every team. They're all going to want to sign Sasaki and want to give him the maximum that they can under their pools. What is very interesting, of course, is that you Darvish is very close with Roki Sasaki. He's been a mentor to him, has basically schooled him on breaking balls, and Sasaki, from all reports, looks up to Darvish as like his idol. That's his guy. Which could give the Padres, and you're looking for any tiny advantage when you are trying to sign an international player, because money is not the difference. Everybody, as I say, can offer just about the same money. What separates your organization from everybody else? The Dodgers will obviously try to sign him. They will push, hey, be teammates with Otani and Yamamoto. The Padres will go, we have Darvish. We have him locked up long-term for more years than anyone really ever Was would have comfortable thought he would have been with, here. Yeah. But by the way, the probably exact number of years you will be signing with us, so you know... He's here when you're here, and you can sign with the Padres and be with your mentor, your idol, as you adjust to Major League Baseball and learn how he did and adjusted to Major League Baseball at the same time. It seems as though, with the Padres you know, not jumping into free agency and lowering that payroll under the competitive balance tax, if you're trying to look... And say, well, maybe it's because they don't have any money and Peter Seidler is gone and it's it's simply financial constrictions, it's the it's the um, you know, the debt ratio and the debt service rules. It it may be part of that, but it may also be part of a, a bigger strategy to try to land a player that can be a real difference maker that doesn't impact your bottom line. For the next, you know, five to six years, a potentially superstar pitcher you can add to your rotation that you have been kind of planning perhaps for the last two or three years to want to make a play toward him next offseason. Now, there's no guarantee he's coming out. No, nope. We don't know for sure, but the tea leaves are pointing toward Roki Sasaki to Major League Baseball next offseason. And it, the way the Padres are operating this offseason makes it seem like they want to be in the best possible position mm. to, to make a play at Roki Sasaki next year.
3: You know, and I, I, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a huge reach uh, at all by you, and as far as your speculation goes, um, they did talk about he may have, and Jeff uh, in the chat is at not Jeff. I'm sorry, uh, who was asking the question, Michael. Said, why would they do this? the The Japanese team and I. They won't really have a choice. I mean, they hold his rights, but I did read he may have a provision in his contract that they're not talking about. Like they haven't confirmed that, that there's a provision. That
4: when he said, "I believe the club understands," I believe it too. Correct.
3: Like, like yes, they hold his rights, but there would have to there would be no posting fee or anything like that for this. No. Would there? No. This is just your international bonus pool money that you can offer him, and if he wants to be here, you
4: absolutely could get him. It, it feels—I it, mean, there's it's some smoke here—is is all that I'm saying. Well, and if
3: you really, you know, if you really want to go tinfoil hat, then you look at it and say, yeah, that's exactly why the uh, Padres extended you, Darvish. They're, this is part of the, I, it's the part of my theory, forty chess uh, type type scenario, knowing he was going to be potentially available. I'm sure there's been communication, and uh, yeah, that would that would make a lot of sense. It certainly makes me feel a little bit better, Ben. But of course, now if we are a year from now and the Potteries have just locked up Roki Sasaki, I take back every bad thing I've ever said about AJ.
4: Brother, well, ever. <laughs> and, and and guarantee that Roki Sasaki is going to be a superstar. Certainly the, uh, you know, the signs are pointing toward that direction, but we don't know. I just, I remember when the Padres are going after Shohei Otani, and I was kind of bummed they didn't get him. Part of it was the fact that the National League didn't have the designated hitter at the time. We know AJ Preller learned Japanese. He went all in. He wanted him badly. I don't think I realized how disappointed I should have been, though. Now, of course, in hindsight, you realize. Oh man, that that guy could have been a huge difference maker for anybody at the at the salary that he was making and the levels that he was producing at. What he turned into, you don't want to miss out on the next the next pitching sensation. And Roki Sasaki may be the guy, and you feel like the Padres are going to do everything they can to put themselves in the best position to sign him if he does come to the United States next year.
5: If. This conspiracy theory is true. Does that give you any pause that we handed out a six-year, $100 million contract to hopefully, maybe, potentially land a guy that maybe, hopefully, potentially could come to Major League Baseball in a couple of years?
3: Yes, until it happens. Like I said, <laughs> if it happens, you're the smartest organization that I've ever seen playing that long <laughs> game like that. It's a big if. It's a big if. There's a lot that has to go, go in your favor. Um, and, yeah, I... But no, I'm probably, if he, if he is like, no, this is where I want to be and, and this is who I want to play for and you get him, yeah, it's worth it. Worth it. Cause they, there's, they say he's a better prospect than Yamamoto. He's younger, uh, through that perfect game. He's nasty, nasty. Uh, top of the rotation guy for the next however many years. Right. And I understand there's a, a comment in the chat too saying, I, we can't be worrying about next year, next year, next year. You know what, man? I, I'm not telling you, you're wrong. We as fans, No, you look at the year ahead. They, as the business, you know, the 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 team builders, man, they have to look at next year, and they have to look at the year after that, and and, and they have to look at the year after that.
4: I tried to look it up. I know that going over the luxury tax dings you on that bonus money. There are other provisions, and I could not find a complete set of rules. There was something to do with compensatory draft picks. I can only promise you that AJ Preller knows it, everything about (laughs) it, and what the Padres can do to maximize now. When you're coming over and you're giving up potentially, you know, tens of millions of dollars because you didn't want to wait, I don't know that five hundred thousand in the difference in the bonus pool is going to be that huge of a difference. I think having you darvish around is probably much more valuable to the Padres than an extra million they can offer. But you don't really want to take any chances either. You don't want to say we lost this guy because we couldn't offer him, you know, five and a half and we could only offer him four and a half because our bonus pool was 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 limited because of our, our moves in the major league level, I can see where that could be p- at least part of the Padres' thinking going into sure. this season. Yeah, And it doesn't mean they're waving the white flag on this season or they're punting on this season. And you said tank for Sasaki. You don't, you have, don't have to have lose. To there's nothing, there's yeah. nothing that says you can't have a great season this year, stay under the luxury tax, and sign Sasaki. In fact... My guess would be the better season you have this year, the more appealing you would be to Aroki Sasaki in the off season next year. Well, again, if again, and, and just people in the in the chat questioning it,
3: not questioning you, but just questioning how this all works. And, and Satan's Blowfish made a good point. Think exactly what happened to Shohei Otani. It's the exact same situation. Shohei Otani picked the Angels right it wasn't uh, he wasn't blown away by their offer all of the offers it was probably S- pretty much in the same in the throw same blanket same ballpark yeah. as the San Diego Padres offer but he said oh i can dh there oh i like it here okay cool i'll i'll do that and uh you know Once you get a guy like that, how long did they have him? Five years, six Six years? Yeah. Um, God, time has flown, hasn't it? Holy smokes! Six years. Missed a
4: year or so with uh, injuries, but yeah, he
3: he was there for about six. So it would be the exact same situation. You think about the team who who did Shohei play for in Japan? Of course, they don't want him to leave. Of course, they don't. But you don't want to hold a guy hostage Correct. who doesn't want to be there. that doesn't want to be there. And again, if there is some provision in his contract allowing him to do
4: exactly what Shohei did, it would be... Or even an understanding, a handshake agreement, sure,
3: whatever it is. It would be amazing if the Padres could go out and get Roki Sasaki. And if that is the plan, it's a brilliant plan. I have the but des- only if it works. I <laughs> have
4: the desire to play in the U.S. Major Leagues in the future. I've been communicating every year. I believe the club will. Understands it too, correct? That's a pretty clear signal from Roki Sasaki <laughs> that, yeah, I'm playing here this year. Well, he signed a one year deal, but then I am not. I'm not going. I'm going to the United States next year. That is the plan. Let's get the T-shirts made now. <laughs> Just a big, massive jinx,
3: Roki. T- I would love. I mean, I watched some of his. His highlights. He's nasty, nasty. So yeah, that'd be that'd be a nice little counter punch, man. And 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 having a guy like that
4: really on the cheap too for six years would be incredible. And again, I have no inside sources. Nope. It's but I feel like it's more than tinfoil. Sure, this is this, this happened. This fits, We've seen it happen. Fits with what AJ Preller usually likes to target: international market. Is his. I mean that's his bread and butter, especially Asia. He's been a, a leader when it comes to scouting and players that have come from that part of the world. Any fear that you, Darvish, is going to steer him toward the Cubs? A little bit, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Maybe it was like you. You can tell anybody else to go wherever they want. This Tisaki, one, I need you full court press. We need press. you. I need is, you full court. We, we need you whining and dining Anything and booing everything. This is why you got this deal. I mean, we want you to pitch, too, but mostly we want mostly you to convince just, yeah, to come re- here. Recruit. <laughs> I like your
3: theory, and I think it holds water.
4: Whoa. All right. We will come back. Uh, we got two hours to go. We haven't talked about the Padres' spring training invites. There was one a minor surprise for me. We'll get to that coming up next on The Fan.
8: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medellin is the mark of a fighter.
3: my friends. We are halfway home on a Monday. Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Thanks for being here. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks for going back and listening any way that you consume us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindel. He's the executive. Producer, morning, Pauly. Good, Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, joins us as well. Good morning to you, Benjamin. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You have your uh, your ass Pro Shops hat is covered up by your. There we <laughs> there go. We That's go. much better. You know, for all to, the YouTubers who haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you don't need to cover that up. It says Ass Pro Shops on it, and it looks good.
4: Your Adult Superstore.
3: Yeah, the Adult Superstore Ass Pro Shops. It <laughs> looks good on you. The tr- I never would think that a trucker hat. Pull it off well. He really does. Better, I'll say, better than a golf hat.
4: <clears throat> What's the difference? I mean, obviously, they've got the mesh size. Yep. But that shouldn't and the really... bill is a little different. It's the bill? Yeah. You look... Like, Pauly's got the big old bill on his Padres. Right. This is hat. a, a much fitted much... hat. That's a fitted hat. A much bigger You've bill. You've got the
5: trucker hat.
4: You look good in a snap, trucker hat. Snap, snap, back. Snap. You look good in. it. I'm I like serious.
5: the the foamy. Yeah, the foam. Material I do. Oh, I wear
4: hat. that one now. I have two of them from uh, prestigious lawn care. Is that a trucker those hat? Are, those are trucker style okay. hats as well. And What's you say, the one those from good on as Well, this is a regular that's hat. A, I think
3: that's explicit. I'm sorry. I think it's a dad back. Dad it. back. Yeah. I have flex a flex fit. Maybe I have a confession to make. I can't play golf with Ben anymore. Really? No. We're I mean, done? I think we're done. What did I do? You talked to my backswing. <laughs> I did? Yeah. Sorry. Polly was there.
4: When did it happen? I
3: was in the sand.
4: <laughs> you were in the sand?
3: Yep. And I was going to hit a ball out of the sand, and you oh. had hit a really nice shot, and you were walking up, and there was no one around you, but you were saying out your shots out loud. Oh. And as, I was, as you tell sorry. As I dug in, and I went to hit it, hit it out of the sand, I go back, and I hear... Oh, another two feet would have, and I, uh, and I (laughs) I go, oh, my God. I go, he's doing his own play-by-play for his own shots.
4: Was that on 17? Where was that? it was earlier. Okay. Front nine. Yeah, you do
3: the, I I warned our guest, too. I said, just wait, you're playing with Jim (laughs) Nance. But not Jim Nance. Jim Nance for his own shots. You Jim Nance yourself on the course. Is that like a, is it like a tick?
4: No, I think it's more of a um internal motivator, but it's not internal. it's external <laughs> it's, it's very, very external. an internal
3: motivator. I would play
4: golf with you every day. I know, but it's like a reward <laughs> to myself for a good shot. I get to <laughs> narrate oh the good shot
3: <laughs> I mean, I have like a big, big and I'm like here we go all right and i was I'm pretty good out of the sand. I knew I could get out here. Whew. Well, another two feet, what go, oh my god. <laughs> I turn around look at Paulie. He just puts his head down. <laughs> I haven't heard
4: you. Laughing. Obviously, I haven't I heard never, you. MF a MF-ing while. I'm MFing him. Like, <laughs> I'm like son <"That's, laughs> <shit laughs> of a bitch? I never saw it. Never knew. Apparently, I mean, if I see you swinging, I obviously am not going to say anything. But clearly, I was. He unaware. was so far like, down was, low. It was yeah. a. It was
5: a massive oh. sand You were like
4: deep underground, essentially. And you're just like yeah. ah, another two feet. Yeah, got, ah, what would have happened, right Ben? What would have happened if he hit another two feet? You would have rolled
3: in. Yeah. You would have. Hold it! Oh, my Lord. I don't know, man. My golf days may be dwindling again. I just don't know. It was the worst round I've ever it played me, in my life. It, it, oh. got,
5: it was so bad. I said to Woods as we're driving around uh, in our cart away from you guys, I go, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I feel like the demise of this show, the end of the Ben and Woods program, will happen because of something that happened on a golf, <laughs> on a golf
6: course. <laughs> You
5: know,
3: you're supposed to be out Maybe there. Maybe it's better if we don't fun. play anymore. No, I love you. I'm friend. just kidding, dude. I was just kidding. It popped into my mind. And I, I but you know how like you it it gives you a lot of when you're thinking about professional athletes and no matter what sport they're playing, how incredible they're able to block out the noise. I'm not I can't block out the noise.
4: Yeah, when I was uh, at the tournament, I noticed it never really gets quiet anymore. It doesn't they, it's not that silent ba- it used you know, to be. You know, 10, 15 years ago, was, everyone would be silent. Like, it'd be like this. Now going hold on, to Hold on, hold on. It would be you they would line yeah. up for a
3: drive and it would be like this. There it is. I mean, <laughs> hey, all right. And now there's a buzz, there's a hubbub, there's phones, and, there's... and I
4: think I think what's changed is the the golf tournament is no longer just for serious golf fans. They yeah. wanted to make it open to more. Uh, it's a party. You go. There must have been, I mean, there must have been twenty seven different like bar tents. There was the Tito's yeah. and the Maestro Dobel, and there was the uh, you know different beer stations and different uh, you know fan sections and. You're never gonna get, you know, people who are drinking all day to be silent all the time. It's just not gonna happen. So I know. No and, and honestly, if I was a player, I'd rather know there was like a buzz. It's when everyone's silent and then one person says something. That's that's distracting. But if there was a constant that's why I like when there's music playing and stuff, it's harder to be distracted when there's a constant kind of buzz of noise going on. And that's what that's what happens on the PGA Tour. You'll see it in oh. a huge amounts in two weeks. two weeks? Is it two weeks? At, yeah, at the, at the Waste, Waste Management Manage- Open it's in the, Phoenix. It's the greatest golf tournament. There's no silence at all at that tournament. It's the loudest tournament uh, in, in the world, uh, which will be played Super Bowl weekend.
3: Now, there is a guy that woke up yesterday morning here in San Diego, California, this is my guess. I'd say 95% chance uh, that woke up yesterday morning and went, Oh, my God, I got so hammered at the farmers yesterday. <laughs> And the reason that I know that you did because you were screaming, get in the hole. And I think if you're still get in the hole guy, I think drawn and quartered is probably the best way that we can deal with you. I feel like, uh, remember in casino when they caught those guys cheating and the guy came up and he had the cattle prod and he just in the, up in the guy's armpit? There needs to be a cattle prod. Uh, guy on the sly just looks like a regular guy walking around any big golf tournament and he just was walking along walking along guy hits the ball hits the ball get in the hole and you just <laughs> right up and oh i think he had a heart attack i don't know what happened to him <laughs> why are you still that guy you're listening you could be listening you could be a tier one of this program and you're listening right now going, oh yeah I'm- I do the get in the hole bit. The guy's 320 yards from the fairway. He's got a three wood in his, or from the green. He's got a 320, uh, a three wood in his hand, and you're screaming, get in the hole. I'm going to kill you if I see you. You need, you deserve to be cattle product. <laughs> it's just stop at this point.
4: Right? Yeah. I agree. It's, it's just very dated. It's very dated, and you, it's not cool.
5: So I had an observation, uh, golf observation over the weekend. I watched, uh, the last, like four shots of the farmer's insurance open. You guys were texting about it on Saturday on our thread. And I go, oh, today the final <laughs> today round? Today the final round, yeah. I thought they usually do that on Sundays. Well, because of the football. I understand. totally makes sense. Didn't register with me at the time. I go, thought I had a afternoon of golf going on tomorrow. Did not, was not the case. So I flipped it on. And I am the most casual of casuals when it comes to watching golf. I do it maybe twice a year. It's usually the Farmer's Insurance Open, maybe the last uh, hour of the Masters. That's just where I'm at. Probably others like me, probably a lot of others like you that will watch a lot of golf over the course of the year. It hit me, though, the whole Live PGA, how Live has kind of totally watered down and ruined the PGA. I'm looking at the leaderboard. I knew, like... Two people.
4: Yeah, it, it was, it was it a was, tough one. Yeah, it was pretty anonymous. And I mean. go, Jake Knapp. Oh, I mean, even
5: I, I pulled out my phone and go, Oh, where did so and so not make the cut? Oh, where's so and so?
4: Oh, yeah, they're live guys now. Like they're all no, they're not playing in these. Tournaments. I mean, John Rahm not being there was a big one this yeah, week. You know, the biggest names, con they a lot of the guys, Max of the defending champ, was there, Xander Schauffele, uh, Tony Finau are probably the three biggest names, and Luca Aberg, uh, Ludwig Aberg was the young kind of guy. They all made a run on Sunday and then they or Saturday and then they fell back, yep. and it left you with a bunch of guys that if you're not a real diehard golf fan, you hadn't heard of Pavone, Hoiberg, um, Jaeger, good golf. Nap, no, uh, they're not knock on them
5: at, in any way. The, and Again, um, I'm who knows if I really would have been a big fan of watching golf. I admit that, but if the PGA is trying to get any of the casuals. I totally get it now because I, I was like, who, "Who the hell are any of these
3: guys?" Yeah, and the it looked, um, it
4: looked like a corn fairy. Yeah, like now. the winners this year, though, on the PGA Tour: Chris Kirk, Grayson Murray, Nick Dunlap, and Matthew Pavone. That's it, man. And Jim Trotter wrote about this in the Athletic. He was there this weekend covering it and said, "This could be a problem." I mean, for the real people who just like the stars who want to see the stars win, you have elevated events, of which Tory is not one of them. That will be this week at uh, the AT&T at Pebble Beach. will be an elevated event. You'll see the stars, all the stars playing. But in the tournaments that aren't elevated, it's going to be like two or three stars. But what are the chances out of 156 players that one of the two or three stars week. is going to be there at the end? So. You're gonna have to learn some of the stories of great golfers, great stories. Great I mean, great stories. Yeah, to like recovering alcoholics win. You had an amateur win. You had the first ever Frenchman win in his eleventh tournament ever. They're all good stories if you're a golf fan. But if you're tuning in to watch Xander Schauffele and Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy, either they're on live. They're not playing every week, you know. They're they're just waiting for the elevated events in the majors. You're not getting the best players playing against each other on a consistent basis anymore, and it's not it's not great for the sport. It's certainly not great for a tournament like Torrey Pines. That's why they've turned them into more. Let's do parties. Let's do you know. Let's get loose. Let's yeah. get loose and have fun. Uh, the problem is, do sponsors want to pay for that? Sponsors want a lot of TV eyeballs across the nation, and. To be honest, you know Matthew Pavone and Steven Yeager and Nicholas Hoygar, Nikolai Hoygar don't necessarily bring in the eyeballs yep. that a uh, Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler who wasn't playing in the tournament. The heat- they bring in more eyeballs, and you're not getting those guys. That's a problem for these tournaments going forward.
3: Huh? Yeah, but I'll tell you, man. It, as far as as our beautiful Tory Pines showing
4: great. out, it was it looked especially incredible. after all the rain they had to make it look Ooh, as good as they did. It was, it was stunning. Fantastic. There was a the, you not know that a, the
5: recipe? It rains earlier in the week. Yeah, days one and two, kind of cloudy, not yep. looking great. And, and then, then when CBS takes over on the final two rounds, there was it's like a, the
4: Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. Yeah. Somehow it's always sunny Just and part that. Day. There was a drone shot
3: of a man going pee. Uh, <laughs> down in the woods that everyone saw on the broadcast so that was fun in fact wasn't it one of the players or was I it the security guard I think it was one of was the players <laughs> yeah, was I was going player. I
4: mean it's so if you've ever played there it kind of is below where no one yeah, can see you but from a drone the gallery can. but a drone can you never know when a drone is watching now the getting the whole guy
3: Dodger fan 100% yeah <laughs> gotta be
4: gotta be can't hold his liquor
3: out there acting a fool, screaming at the, uh, screaming at the ball to get in the hole. Just the worst. Please stop doing get in it. You know, you know, ah, cattle prod solves everything. If you, there's even the threat of a cattle prod getting you, you won't do it anymore. And it needs to be trained out of you. Stop. Please stop. Just give like, yeah, that shot, whatever. Like great swing, <laughs> anything, but get in the hole. It's tired. All right, let's uh, let's take. I, a- I know I sound like Andy Rooney a no, little it's bit there. F- Stop yelling! Get in the hole! It's not gonna get in the hole. Number one, number two, you sound like a jackass every time. Get in the hole! Get in the hole! <laughs> no Why don't stories. you go home and get in a hole, and you won't do it anymore?
4: Those stories and Stephen Woods coming up tonight. Idiots on sixty minutes. It's a National Curmudgeon Day, so perfect. Yeah, works for me. We'll um, We'll come back. I want to talk about the Padres' non-roster spring training invitations, which came out on Friday right after our show. But we haven't had a chance to discuss some of the names we'll be seeing when we head out in uh, less than a month now. We are on our way to spring training in Peoria, Arizona. Ooh, we will, one month from today, I believe, we will be out there. Come on. Live show, probably wrapping up our live shows, I believe, from Peoria. Or maybe we'll even be home already by now in a month. Uh,
5: That's... Yeah, one month from today will be our first day back.
4: Right, so we're less than a month now uh, from our trip to Peoria, Arizona for spring training. We'll get into that coming up next after a check of traffic. Ben and Wood, Ciro, 97.3 The Fam.
6: move that in my direction So thankful for that it's such a blessing, yeah Turn every situation into heaven, yeah oh, oh, you are My sunrise on the darkest day Got me feeling some kind of way Make me want to savor every moment Slowly, slowly are we, Why
3: are we doing this? I don't, think anybody, I don't think that comes up in the old... Because we have Bieber fever. Oh, my God. Talked about it earlier. Yeah. We did. We did. I thought we had... It was dead and buried. <laughs> I was hoping.
5: Trying to help you out. You see Do not help
4: me out ever again. Despacito. Why don't you come to your senses? Oh, no. That's a t- totally different song.
6: <laughs> Despacito. <laughs>
4: Why don't you come
6: to your
3: sins? You've been
4: out riding fence. The Eagles, Justin Bieber, Masha, we never knew we needed. No, It may be raining. All right, go ahead. So, well, I I didn't see many surprises here on the non-roster invites. If you think Ethan Salas being invited to spring training is a surprise. Huge surprise. You're not really paying that close of attention. Correct. He got... He got to be in the big league camp last year at age 16. So at 17, not really a big deal anymore that Ethan Salas is going to get to spend some time uh, with the Padres' spring spring training. You know, big leaguers coming up next month in February. He's not gonna not gonna break camp with the team he's not starting his major league career at the age of 17 he'll go back to the minor leagues and there's a chance we will see him in 2025 on the big league level if everything goes well but this is simply a growing experience but before we get into the rest of the roster i did see the story over the weekend about the detroit tigers and uh, one of their top prospects colt keith infielder and they decided to give him a 6-year, 28.6 million dollar contract before he has played a single inning of major league baseball. And it's not the first one. The the Brewers did it with their top prospect Jackson Shurio earlier this offseason, and it's a new strategy especially for especially for teams that are looking to well, I mean save a buck essentially on the back end. Gamble on a guy that if they pay him more now, they can pay him less later. And this uh, Colt-Keith deal includes two option years. So the seventh and eighth years, if he is everything they hope he will be. Team option, right? Team option. Team yes. option. So if, instead of hitting free agency, the team can exercise, you know, not nothing, but more like a, I think it was like in the 10 to $20 million range options for those two years. That would keep him in a Tiger's uniform.
3: Actually, yeah, it's, um, the 2030 club option valued at 10. 10, uh, with a buyout of 2.6. The 2031 option is worth 13. And then the 2032 option is worth 15 with a $2 million buyout. So at that point, he will be, uh, in the year 2032, Ben, that is. How many years from so now? So if he That's played, eight,
4: he'll be 30. Assuming he debuts this year 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, he'd be under team control through 2029, six seasons. 30, 31, and 32, he'd be in free agency. And now the Tigers will have the option of keeping him around. Now, what does Colt Keith get out of this? Well, he gets some security. There's no guarantee he ends up being a, a star baseball player. If everything goes poorly, he not only has this 28 million dollar deal, but he's got a couple of, you know, extra buyouts there at the end if they don't, you know, exercise his option, he'll have a, a nice 2 million plus going away present from the Detroit Tigers. The Tigers of course, if he turns out to be a superstar stud, they'll have 9 years essentially of Colt Keith at under 60 million dollars all all in even if they exercise every single option. Uh, they'll have that for nine years of a guy they're hoping is a superstar player, which at today's prices is ridiculously cheap for nine years of a superstar player.
3: Yeah. He, uh, he signed for just 500 K, Ben, uh, out of the draft. So he gets, you, know, you, you put a contract like that in front of a kid that is on the right path, certainly to the big leagues. Uh, I've been tearing it up in double A and you, you look at him and you say, you are our second baseman of the future. And this, let's be honest. Decent amount. I mean, baseball money is such funny money now these days anyway. It's crazy. You look at this. This is a really reasonable decision by the Detroit Tigers. If it, if it doesn't go well, sure, it's going to sting a little bit. But how many times have you signed it? How did the Javi Baez uh, deal? He was a proven big league commodity. Proven. And you gave him God only knows how much money. Miguel Cabrera, you gave him. He was a proven commodity. Didn't really work out in either of those cases. This is a different way. It's a way to pivot and keep a young player that's on the rise, under control, until they're 31, 32 years old. It's not the worst idea. Is this
4: an avenue that you'd like to see the Padres take with any of their young stars, like an Ethan Salas? I guess Jackson Merrill would be more of the... You know, current because he's about to make his major league debut probably this season, like uh, like Colt Keith is. I wonder how much of a difference you said five hundred thousand dollars, which is not nothing, but it's certainly not money you can, you know, you're not set live for on. life. You're not yeah. at all set now. Jackson Merrill got one point eight million as That's a signing bonus money. for the draft. Yep, uh, and Ethan Salas got even more than that two years ago, getting the bulk of the Padres' uh, international signing bonus money can you be more comfortable as a player going, I'm, I'm okay, I'll, I'll trust my talents, and yeah. I'll just play my six years and then hit free agency, knowing I mean, if the worst comes to worst, I've got at least a little bit of a nest egg. Now, Keith didn't really have much of a nest egg. You know, 500000 I'm I'm not saying it's nothing, but that disappears pretty quickly in a couple of years when you're not making anything as a minor league baseball right. player. You're making essentially nothing as a minor league baseball player. Now he doesn't have to worry about it. But he's given up the possibility of making a lot more in seasons seven, eight, and nine.
3: Yeah, and I think if you're Jackson Maryland, you did get two million dollars. If you're Ethan Salis and you did get four million dollars, I'm probably more likely or apt to say, "No, I'm good. I'm just gonna. I'll bet on myself and get the free agency. And then we'll
5: this will last me. I'm
3: good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm absolutely fine. Five hundred k. And they come and throw a twenty-eight million dollar uh, deal in front of you. You say, "Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that right now." Um, and look, if it works out, brilliant move by the Tigers. But if yeah, it, it could doesn't, potentially triple that twenty-eight million dollar yes, number. And if it doesn't work out, it's not you didn't. It's not a hundred million dollars here. You're talking about. So I think this is, and I think there are certain guys that you do it with, and I think there are certain guys that may not be ready for it. Clearly, there's something in this young man's makeup, his ability. Um, Sometimes I guess you just know this is going to be our guy. He's he's on the track, and let's go ahead and take care of him, and then we don't have to worry about it. Benny, we can help build our team around him. Um, I saw somebody tweet earlier. You know, if if Padres went and did this with with Salas, would it affect Merrill? Would he be upset about it? I I honestly, man, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think it would. Um, there's going to be the opportunity for both of those guys to make good amounts of money, uh, in their career. And they are actually, they actually already have made a decent amount of money in their very short time. So I, I like this move for the Tigers a lot. It's not crazy, crazy money and, uh, could keep him, you know, keep him happy and,
4: and get him moving up the ranks. It feels a little bit like a hack, you know, like it does, a, a, little like a, bit. a GM hack to try to save money, but ultimately there are no, there are no hacks because the teams that correctly identify talent, whether it's you know in the draft, in the international signing, or even your own talent. So now the Tigers are being tested. They have identified Keith as someone that they truly believe will be an impact player. And if they are right, they will have, yeah, they'll game the system and they'll save money in the long run. But if they are wrong, they will have just spent $30 million on a bust. And you can only do that, even even for a, a wealthier team. You can only do that so many times, sure. spending $30 million on a bust before it comes back to haunt you. The Padres are being haunted by some of their what seem to be bust signings. You can't just keep throwing bad money at players if it doesn't turn out the really identifying talent. So if you're in a front office, if you're a general manager, you will always be rewarded for correctly identifying talent Players who will be talented and productive on the big league level. Is anyone gonna be a hundred percent no? You can't predict injuries all the time. There are factors beyond your knowledge. But the guys who can correctly say, I think this guy is going to be big. You can take advantage not only by acquiring them, by signing them, but by locking them up early. And, and feeling confident that that is money well spent early in their career.
3: Well, and another good example is Fernando Tatis Jr. When that deal came out, I think we were all like, whoa. And then you really look at the deal and go, oh yeah. I mean, if he does, and he's on, you know, he's back up rising through the ranks, Benny, and won a platinum glove last year, switching position, had a decent year at the plate, and we all expect more things from him. The deal is still a bargain at this point for Fernando Tatis Jr. And it's because you had a little bit of foresight. And I know I know he's had some speed bumps. I know they were self-inflicted. Um, but that being said, it's still a really – there's not one team in baseball that wouldn't trade for that contract today for that player. Not one.
4: A couple other uh, baseball big league moves over the weekend. The Cubs signing right-handed reliever Hector Neris yep. to a one-year $9 million deal. The Royals sign old friend Adam Frazier. To a one-year deal, I $2, think million four, four two million dollars, four million. I thought it was two. two million. Yeah, yeah. His uh, his stock has fallen. It has quite a bit in the last couple of years. I think the Royals are going to be an interesting team.
3: It's a wide-open division. I feel like
4: that's a good point.
3: I feel like they're going to be an interesting team. They've got innings eaters. Can the Padres
4: just move to like a Central yeah, Division like a central at some point? Would be great.
3: Just either <laughs> it really the changes, AL the, or the, it changes NL. the
4: entire equation really if you can move to a Central Division because. I,
3: and I know it's a balanced I schedule mean, now and, and whatnot, but still, yeah.
4: Dodgers, Diamondbacks on the rise, Giants signing a bunch of players. If you're in the AL West, of course, you got the World Series champs. You got the Astros. who are always going to Mariners be there. are young. Mariners are a good team. If you're in the East, of course, you're either competing against the Yankees and the Red Sox the and the A's, or the Mets and the Phillies and the Braves. The the coasts are loaded. The center is kind of squishy. Like, and ah! Not, ah! I mean, yeah, it's the Cubs always kind of you think There's might something. be there, but they're not really there. The Indians, or sorry, the Guardians. <sighs> but yeah. none of them spend a ton of even the Cubs. You don't spend it that well Cardinals. usually. <laughs> Cardinals are on a downtick right now. That's what they've done. They've just dominated the Central forever. You know what the Cardinal way is? Playing in the center of the country. That's what the Cardinal way is. Fantastic. You have geographically solved Major League Baseball with the Cardinal way. It's just playing in the NL Central. Playing in the Central. Yeah. That's the Cardinal way. It's the first page. (laughs) Brilliant.
3: keep us in the central and we will be fine. We'll always be in it. We'll always be in it. Brilliant strategy by the Cardinals being in St. Louis. All right, let's talk about some of these uh, non-roster invites. Right, we'll get to that
4: coming up. One surprise for me a little bit. Coming up next on 973 the fam. You, know, you can listen to 97 3 The Fan with your smart speaker. Just uh, speak slowly and clearly and ask your device to play 97 3 The Fan to give it a shot. Tell me if it works when you've got your smart speaker out and you say, Play 97 3 The Fan. It should come right to us. Hey, Alexa, play 97 3 The Fan. Right. Did you activate? Welcome Alexis? to
5: everybody that just started listening yes, to our show. We, now. Thank
4: you. Well, I mean, if they were, if they heard, mm-hmm. would say it though. They were already listening That's to our true. show. So I don't know. You're listening now on two different devices at Maybe the same time. Maybe they were time? listening on their phone. listening now they're phone, listening twice. Now they're listening twice. <laughs> good, good for us. All right. Um, roster invites for Padre spring training announced on Friday. Thirty-two players joining the uh, the guys who are already on the 40-man roster, coming to Padres Spring Training in Peoria next month. Get into that after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The fam. All right, go through the names here. Uh, we mentioned Ethan Salas, so we'll start at catcher. Also, Kevin Plowecki, who was a, a guy with big league experience who got a non-roster minor league invite, and Chandler Siegel. Uh, we'll round out the core of catchers who will join uh, obviously, Kyle Higashioka and Luis Camposano already on the uh, the big league 40-man roster in Padres camp. Infielders, uh, Marcos Castagnon, Mason McCoy, Jackson Merrill, Nate Mundu, Graham Pauly, and Tyler Wade. Other than Merrill and Pauly, who we know is uh, hot up-and-comers in the Padres system, don't know a ton about Uh, the rest of the guys, Mason McCoy, I've heard his name a couple of times before. Anything on any of the other guys' woods there? No. Outfield, uh, and this is, of course, a little more intriguing just because we don't have all you've got is Fernando (laughs) Tatis Jr. and Jose Azokar coming in with a big league club, uh, Bryce Johnson, Jacob Marcy, Oscar Mercado, Calvin Mitchell, Tirso Ornelas, and Robert Perez Jr. Well Robert Perez Jr. be crack. the Padres starter in the outfield going into the season?
3: Cal Mitchell, Jose Azok- Azokar, and
4: Fernando Tatis
3: Jr. That's your starting opening day
4: outfield. Again, no surprise that uh, Marcy is going to be there in the big club no, and, and getting... probably has an opportunity to make the team going into camp. Potentially, yeah. And and
3: there's, you know, no like you said, there's no majors I would have liked to see a Brian O'Grady on that list maybe for a spring training invite, you know, just to see. I,
4: I think we're all we're all excited about the possibility of Jacob Marcy getting an opportunity to make the team. What you don't want is well, he has to be the starter, even though he hit 132 in the spring. Right. You don't, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where a guy who struggled in spring training is your starter by default because you didn't have any other options. Correct. That would be my, my worry going, going into camp. Uh, on the pitching side, uh, right-handed pitchers, Lake Bacher, uh, Ryan Burgert, Drew Carlton. We've seen him before on the big league level. Yovani Cruz, Matt Festa, Nick Hernandez, Kevin Copps. Moises Lugo, uh, he's got some big league experience. Adam Mazur, one of the up-and-coming prospects. Tommy Nance, Drew Thorpe, just got him in the Juan Soto trade with the Yankees. And Nolan Watson on the right-handed side. And then left-handed pitchers. Daniel Camarena, never seems to go away. Ryan Carpenter, Austin Krobb. Javian Sandridge, didn't know that name. And Robbie Snelling getting an invite to camp. Um, Most of the guys who are that core of prospects that we've been hearing about are getting an invitation. Salas, uh, Snelling, Marcy, Pauly, the names that got brought up to Double a lot of them late in last season to play together. No Dylan Lesko getting an invite. Now, he's only 20 years old. It's probably a little bit early. I wouldn't have been shocked, though, just to see him there together with everybody else, to see him get an opportunity, so uh, he's not one that that was given that opportunity or option. Uh, Nathan Martarella was another name that we've been hearing a lot about that did not get an invitation to big league camp uh, there, so, but other than that, there wasn't any real giant surprises on that list for me.
3: No, and kind of a, a dark horse, I think, to watch out for is, <clears throat> excuse me, probably Tirso or Nellis, Ben. Uh, just twenty three years old, still just twenty twenty. Yeah, it feels like he's been twenty three for a while. Um, he's a bit of a dark horse. He, you know, listen, he swings the bat from the left side. Uh, hit fifteen bombs last year, almost double his career high. Uh, still not a lot, but he posted an eight twenty three OPS. He hits lefty, can play left field. I, you look, it, it's not confidence inspiring right now at all. Um, when you when you sit back and look at the the holes that the Padres have, just I doesn't feel like they're in any hurry to fill them yet. Um, Could be they're saving money for Roki Sasaki next year, as you mentioned earlier. It just could be there's nobody that they feel is a good fit yet in their price range. I don't know what that price range is going to be, Uh, but it feels like it's going to be on the cheap. Um, As far as trades and things like that go, sure, there's still an opportunity for for those things to happen. I keep hearing... I keep hearing the name Cedric Mullins is brought up. You know, Aaron Hicks is sitting out there, as as Craig talked about uh, last week. There's 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 bodies, there's guys out there that can play. So um, at some point soon, you figure this week they're going to have to get some of these the these heartbeats uh, in camp.
4: Just to be clear, I see uh, Viva Padres in the chance surprised not to see Luis Patino on the list. He doesn't have to be on the non roster invitees because he's on the roster when yeah. they uh, claimed him he went on to the 40-man roster. So he'll be there along with uh the other pitchers um, that are already in the big leagues. Uh, and there's a few names as well that are younger guys who happen to be on the 40-man, like uh Iriarte, is already on the 40-man, I believe. So he should get that invitation as well. Jairo Iriarte, yep. who has not Good. pitched in the big leagues yet, but, but is on the 40-man. So he should be in camp uh with the Padres as well. So keep that in mind, that that list is simply the non-roster non-40 man guys who get an extra invitation everybody on the 40 man of course also gets an invitation and actually is required to come to spring training with the San Diego Padres you know if they want to get their paycheck and and everything that's that's part of the deal is yep. you show up to spring training so yeah that's that's not the entirety of the list that's simply the guys who uh who are minor leaguers who wouldn't have been invited automatically otherwise?
3: Tim says in the chat, same holes everyone has except for the LA Dodgers. I disagree uh, with that. I do. I think there's a, I think the sheer number uh, of holes. And sure, there are other teams looking to fill maybe a fourth outfielder spot. Um, you know, I, I, we'd love a, a we'd love a, a left handed hitting outfielder. Sure, bro. That we're talking about starters at the big league level. Um, of which we you know in the outfield you have you have one right now, one starter caliber player in the outfield you know i it i every day that goes by, I continue to think that that maybe they 're just going to roll out there depending on manny 's health they 're just probably going to end up rolling Cronenworth kim, Xander, and then. Matt Batten or something at third uh, to to be a stopgap. Eggy Rosario, I mean guys that are already on the roster that are probably going to make the
4: team. You know, I mean they played well at the end of the season with those guys mostly Manning third, right? While, while Manny was DHing and, and so, they did play well.
3: You know, if you go out and you do, if Manny does, you know, I, and it, from all we hear, Manny's ahead of schedule. We don't know. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't even know if he's going to be ready to to tee it up at third base uh, on opening day. So. The good news is, I guess. I guess if there's any good news, you do have a little bit of flexibility in your infield. And if you go out and sign, if you go out and sign Carlos Santana or Brandon Belt or something to play first base, yeah, then you have a little bit more. Jake can move to second. Hassan Kim can move to third, and you feel semi decent about your infield until Manny gets back.
4: I'm starting to feel more confident that you know if you if you heard last hour and I talked about my Roki Sasaki theory and why the Padres are are trying to scale back payroll more strategically so they can, you know, offer a maximum bonus to Sasaki. I'm more convinced that they're going to pull off a trade at some point for a, a cost controlled outfielder, you know, someone who's not going to break the bank, put them over the, you know, limit. They're not going to have to sign a big giant free agent deal too, but can hopefully be a left-handed bat in the outfield. It's going to cost them a prospect, um, you know, and hopefully they identify the the right one and the right team to make a deal with. But it feels inevitable to me that there will be a trade for a, a somewhat reasonably priced outfielder that will join the Padres, if not before spring training, during spring training. I still think the pro Profar move is almost. Gu- you know, guaranteed at some point. I think I, they're I don't just know why. waiting out price. I, I think they're just waiting out of price. They're both just kind of waiting to see things, but eventually that seems like it will be a move. And Profar will be a switch hitting option that can play a decent outfield for the Padres as well. But that's I I do think that maybe a trade is coming, and one of those prospects will be essentially sacrificed so they can stay under under the luxury tax with an outfielder who's not making you know twenty five million this year that puts them over the top and still gives them a chance to compete this year with some major league quality, bat, outfield, something like that, that, that will join the team at some point.
3: Yeah, the, the first baseman uh, scene for me, too, it, I, the more I think about it, I mean, it's this is de- desperate times, man. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And, you know, people keep talking about Brandon Belt. The more I listen about Brandon Belt, the more I can be convinced on Brandon Belt playing first base. Championship pedigree, actually had didn't have a terrible year last year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it going, I don't know what he's going to cost what is he eight million bucks six million bucks, um, yeah you're going to have to sign a few one year guys to plug these holes for now. Still don't have a DH no DH.
4: I mean you Two got...
5: outfielders a DH and then maybe a first base correct man, cause and then another well. another
3: starter as well.
4: You so. got briefly fooled by the Max Kepler <laughs> trade rumor. Yep. Um, to me that still makes a lot of sense. You know I assume that the Twins are going to hold out for a pretty high price because they're. Not a lot of left-handed hitting outfielders on the market that are only making around, what, $10 million this year? And even for a rental, they're going to probably ask for a lot. But, man, in terms of a guy who solves some issues for the Padres, Kepler would be one of them. Uh, You know, actual, if he stays healthy, which is a big if, a guy who can put up a a three- to four-war season, can play outfield, is a left-handed hitter, he checks a lot of boxes and doesn't break the bank, Checks a lot of boxes for the San Diego Padres if you can work out some sort of deal.
3: Yeah, and it just you know depending on what you have to give back for them, you know that's the other thing. You, you don't want to trade a Jackson
4: Merrill for for one year of Max. You Kepler, don't, you know. But but if you're the Twins, you you're, you're asking, asking high. Everything. Yep. Just like Preller is going to continue to ask very high on a Hassan Kim trade, the Twins are going to ask very high, and they're just going to wait it out because there's no reason for them to just give up a player for a mid-level prospect right now when they're more than happy starting the season with Max Kepler. It's not like he's breaking their bank either. So they have something valuable. They're waiting it out. Padres have something valuable in Hasan Kim. They're not going to give him away for nothing. They're going to keep asking high, and and maybe there's no agreement to be made. But if you're looking at one player that makes a lot of sense for the Padres – under all of those circumstances, to me, Max Kepler is definitely one of those guys.
3: Michael said uh, in the chat, the thing with Belt, I worry we get Matt Carpenter two O 0 where Preller buys high on an old vet and overpays for what should be a DFA candidate that can't be DFA'd. It's, it's obviously a, a concern, really, with a lot of these guys that are left on the market. You know, I mean, it's, there's not, if any of these guys, other than, of course, the premium Blake Snells and the Cody Bellingers and guys like that, other than that, man, there's going to be a lot of those guys. And while he was really quick to stock up on those guys last year, this year, being a little bit more, maybe he's maybe he is feeling the same way you are, uh, Michael. Right now, going well. Yeah, I mean, if I could get Belt at X. I would do it, but he wants
4: X plus five, and I can't do that. And that's right the now. thing. Uh, when you talk about a guy like Belt, yeah, the signs point toward older decline, and most of those guys, you're right will end up probably being disappointing for the team that signs them. But there will be one or two. yeah, that will have like one last great season. and the teams that identify those correct guys on a fairly reasonable deal will have a great player on their hands, and it'll be a genius signing. You got to be right. You've got to be right when you when it when you decide on these players. And well, well if
5: we're just punting and we're just or whatever, tanking for Sasaki or whatever their actual plan. Save is, save, just, for, for save for Sasaki. Sasaki. Sure. You don't have to tank. You know In fact, what?
4: Winning is better to get Sasaki. If it's that's better the case, to win.
5: Just give me Joey Votto. For the vibes. Yeah, I know.
4: I, it, watching
3: him flail up there, if he wasn't ready and healthy, and and like he is capable of, would break. It my feels mind. like there's a premium to, to
4: be paid just for the name Joey Votto, and it's a premium that I don't know that the Padres can afford I, just for a name he's, and provide. He's been pretty open and
3: honest about his social media uh, on social media about his impending free agency, and it's weird to watch Joey Votto kind of begging for a team <laughs> to sign him. Know. You know, it's weird. Like it kind of breaks my heart a little bit, and and they haven't yet. So. um, you know, I'm, he would be great, of course. Yeah, for a, a radio show to have Joey Votto in town, it'd be the greatest thing ever. Is he going to help the Padres win baseball games in twenty twenty four? I don't know.
4: I don't know. I wish I did. I wish I. Or could, maybe he's that guy who has one last one great last season and run and you him. take advantage of it. It's certainly a position, a, a DH, a left handed hitter that the Padres need. Who's the right one though? Because you're not going to get a chance to sign four guys and hope one of them fits. Yep. You probably get one chance at this. And if you want to have a really good season, you're going to have to be right about it. The scouting skills have to be sharp on who you pick as your one guy that you can afford to bring well, in. Well, I
3: mean, in, in our case, our like, four guys that we're going to be having to bring in at some point. Because, again, one more starting pitcher at a minimum, two outfielders, and probably a first baseman slash DH. That's four That's to five positions. That's like the minimum that you have to get in the next few weeks. And then you still don't have a bench. Right. <laughs> well, your bench is eggy, and it's it's, it's Brett Sullivan. And, it's, and Azokar. And Azokar and, and Higashioka. And, okay,
4: fine. And there's only f- really four guys now on a major league yeah, bench anyway. True. Yep. So you need a backup catcher. You're going to have Azokar as a backup outfielder. You need starters, not bench players yep. right now. All right, we've got 1 hour to go. Uh Polly is going to be talking about eating in the shower in the Rival <laughs> Report. All right, we've lost it. Got that coming up. Uh it's it was not also It's also a huge weekend locally. I'll tell you why coming up on the fan.
7: Yeah yeah. Your blackest time, First time it's time, timing. It's time man. All right. Yeah. Final hour
4: of Ben & Woods on a Monday. 9 a.m. Annie and Elston coming up at 10 o'clock today. Congratulations to the Tier 1s for winning your first adult league baseball game. Scrimmage. Just a scrimmage. Scrimmage. Well, you were in good company this weekend. Because I don't know how often this happens in San Diego. And I'm sure if you dig deep enough, someone probably lost this weekend. But as far as I can tell, every team we had that played won. The Seals won 12-11 over the Philadelphia Wings. On Saturday on the road, One had to game. hold on, uh, gave up four unanswered goals at the oh. end, but then held on in the final minute to improve to 5-2 and two on the season. And Woods, you'll be back on the mic this Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock uh, at home, Pechanga Arena against the Colorado Mammoth. First home game in like over a month. The old Sunday 3 p.m. game. It's Military
3: Appreciation Cat- Day, so excited about that. Yeah, get back on the mic. It's going to be weird driving to Pechanga, and it's light outside when I, you know, Walk in and 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 maybe even when I leave, who
4: knows? Uh, the soccer's won on Saturday at home against the St. Louis Ambush, eight to two. But then they had the old road turnaround, had to fly to Tacoma to play the next day. It's like completely unfair. Okay, and I
5: want to hear about.
4: So what do you want to hear what happened to this game? Right. I saw so Craig I was, Elston losing. Yeah, his I was following it at the mind. end, and I'm sure Craig will have all. He'll have the complete details you for can't you. But
3: do better than Craig no, Elston
4: losing his mind. But they were losing. <laughs> they were losing i believe like 7 to 5 late in the fourth quarter on the road at Tacoma. So they pull their goalie, you know, they got an empty net. They score to get within one, but they still need one more. Time is running out and it's not the, it's indoor soccer. They don't add extra time. Once the buzzer sounds, the buzzer sounds and if we haven't scored, the game is over. With 1 second left, they score a goal to tie the game. But wait, they look at the review, and there was like an offside. I didn't even know there was offsides in indoor soccer, but they call a soccer's player for being offsides. They disallow the goal with one second left. So they're oh down eight to seven. But they say, okay, but the penalty actually happened with 13 seconds left. So they put time back on the 13 clock. seconds oh. back on the clock. Oh no way you have time to score. They kick a pass all the way across. Cesar Serta <laughs> kicks this like long pass. It goes over the goalie's head. He can't quite reach it, but it doesn't go in. It goes off the board behind him. And then Brandon Scott there to head it right in oh my with gosh. five seconds left. And they tie the tie game, game, send it to overtime. And then in overtime, they get the, uh, Tavoy Morgan walk off game winner. So they stunningly win eight to seven in a <laughs> game that looked like they were going to lose for sure. <laughs> That's and unreal and improved to nine and one on the season. Yeah. It sounded like an unreal game. Uh, they've got two more road games this week at Texas on Thursday at Dallas on Saturday. The gulls who haven't been great this year are all of a sudden red hot. They swept two games on the road in Iowa and have won, I think, 6 of their last 8 or points in 7 of the last 8 best stretch of the season. They won twice And then in college, the Aztecs didn't play this weekend, but USD won their second at Pepperdine. UCSD is now in first place in the Big West. They crushed UC Davis, a 92-59 in a first-place showdown in the Big West. Aztecs return to action tomorrow night against Colorado State on the road. So pretty much, I mean, I don't know how far down you want to go. I don't know how many weekends we have in San Diego that every single team wins every single game, but we had one of those this weekend, which was pretty cool. San Diego Pride baby. A lot of pride. A of uh, big pride. game by the way for the Aztecs tomorrow. Yeah. So they're currently a game behind Utah State. Utah State 6 and 1. New Mexico, who won last night, number 25 New Mexico, they crushed Nevada 89-55. They're 6 and 2. The Aztecs in Boise State are 5 and 2. So they're a half game out of second, a game out of first. Now the Aztecs have already lost at Boise State, lost at New Mexico, They need to get one of these games on the road against one of these top teams. Colorado State, who was off to that great start early in the season. I think they were ranked up to like 12th or 13th. They've been struggling. They lost at Wyoming last week. One of the lower teams that was, they're now three and three in the conference. You got to go in and get one of these and steal it because you got tough games coming up. So I feel like this is a pretty critical game. For the Aztecs to keep pace, to stay just right there on the heels of Utah State, who they're going to be playing at Viejas, I believe, this weekend. This is one of the bigger ones for the Aztecs this season, tomorrow night. Big stretch. Big stretch coming. Very big stretch. And the Lobos are, I mean, they are. After they beat the Aztecs, they've been on fire. They're up to 15th in the net rankings, which is even higher than San Diego State, number 20, Uh, You'll have the new AP rankings come out in one hour this morning. Not sure. Aztecs just had the one game; they won it last week. Will they move back into the top twenty-five? I've got no idea. My guess is no, probably not. But they were twenty-seven and they didn't lose, so you could, depending on I don't know how many teams in like the eighteen to twenty-five range lost, but you could move back in. Uh, New Mexico is probably moving up though; they've been playing really, really well. So uh, we'll see what happens. But big game tomorrow night for San Diego State. All right, let's get to the Rondell report and some headlines. And get things started here with our edition, today's edition oh of boy. the Rindle Report.
0: Now tuned into the most motherf- greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report. With Paul Reindel. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to
3: yet.
5: We'll start off in Major League Baseball.
3: And one story that you didn't know you needed.
9: Are you laughing, Beyonce?
3: It's the Reindel Report.
9: Hey, Paul, how are you doing? Okay, how are you?
3: On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the move? I need some help,
2: please. (laughs) That was good. Can
6: I get a hoia? Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. All right.
6: All right.
5: Gentlemen, we'll start off uh, in the NBA. Some news over the weekend. A Woj Bomb on Saturday had the news that Adam Silver is in the uh, final stage of negotiations with the NBA Board of Governors, or the team owners, to sign a contract extension that'll keep him as the commissioner of the nba through the end of the decade so whatever six years or whatever uh and that's important because the nba in those next however many years that he will be the commissioner they are hoping to land another new media rights deal as well as possibly league expansion and he's been uh the commissioner for about 10 years now already he's their guy He's the guy that they want to head up those negotiations.
3: And the expansion will be in Las Vegas. Allegedly, potentially, potentially. Seattle, Vegas, yeah. Seattle Vegas.
5: I think there's a couple of Nashville. other cities, Nashville, Nashville. one Nashville's of them they're talking topic. about,
4: yeah. Um, did they say how much the extension might be worth for Adam Silver? I could not find prices. Because he's smarter than all the other commissioners. He's the only commissioner that is not universally hated by Correct. everyone. Yeah. Which true. is pretty much an accomplishment in this day and age. That says something. I, if I'm Adam Silver, I'm almost like, I want less than Goodell. Yes. Goodell, yes. Goodell gets criticized so much for making, like, obscene amount of money. If like if I'm Adam, I want to stay a little bit more under the radar. Under the radar is probably the best. I'm making plenty, but let's just keep it under the radar. It's a like we we're,
3: were playing golf on Friday and Polly and I were looking at some of the houses around there. There's this big house at the top of the hill. And Polly goes, look at that house. And I, I looked at him, I go, It's too much. <laughs> and he goes, What do you mean? I go, It's too much. I don't I don't want that. 14th bedroom. Yeah. You, I, I mean who I said, well, when do you need the 14th bedroom? Well, but the thing is is like think about All that goes into that house, and you know that that person owns six other homes. Think about, like, all right, I got my cable bill that's due in Aspen. They have people that handle this for them. But the thought of just that money (laughs) siphoning out of your account, I said it's too much. That's too
5: rich. Even when you're not there for six months yes. and most of the
3: appliances are turned off yeah,
5: and the lights still. are off. You still got an electric bill? It, Somebody's over it, there it, cut it, the grass. It's just I too mean, much. If, it's you've just if you've got
4: overwhelming money, live live a great lifestyle. I, I don't have any problem with it. But how could you possibly ever use all of the things that you have?
3: You can't use Which, them and, all. And
4: and uh what the guy said is that he said a lot of these houses are just empty. They're like they were bought as investments, yeah. like by like Chinese billionaires, yeah. and no one and even lives there. there. It's like that's kind of sad, knowing how many people don't have good housing situations, yes. and we've got these, you know, fifteen bedroom mansions now, people, that no one's no one's living in. People
3: hear you say, you know, ask for less money. You're absolutely right. Like, you don't want to. I don't know that you want to be in Goodell territory. But can I live in one of those
5: houses and then I'll just clear out for the <laughs> two weeks a year yeah, that's that like, you actually decide to live? I'll
3: sleep in my car <laughs> for reverse, two weeks. Reverse <laughs> Air Bo, back your stuff. They're, all, they're here. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> the the, the owners are
4: here for their one week. Yes, we're going <laughs> to the go. Yes. I'll mow
3: the lawn. <laughs> yeah, I'll do <laughs> I'll it. Caretaker. Caretaker's a great House bit. caretaker. House <laughs> caretaker.
4: Yes. Like Higgins and Magnum P.I. That's exactly
3: right. He, you know, Magnum was rarely there, and it, even when he well, was, Mag- it wasn't
4: Magnum's estate. Oh, he wasn't the it guest that's house. Right. It was uh, Robin Masters, that's right, the uh, the novelist who owned that's the right. estate that Higgins took care of. <laughs> Although we found out in the finale that Higgins actually was Robin Masters, It's his pseudonym, but he didn't ever want to admit. Yep. Thanks for the Magnum PI welcome. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Forty years 20, later. Twenty twenty four. Sorry, Magnum PI. Fifty Spoiler years later. <laughs> already another Magnum P.I. Let's either. move on. It's too it's much. Come and gone. It's too much money.
5: <laughs> I bring up basketball, and he just goes He's off, off of on Mag- tangents. Magnum P.I. You never know what you're going to get with basketball.
4: Ben, good theme song. All right. Great in the
5: NFL, song. we uh, we spent the whole first hour, hour and a half talking about yesterday's games, the Super Bowl matchup, Super Bowl 58. It is set 13 days from now in Las Vegas. Beloved Adam Klug sent uh something over yesterday to me. This is a video. From Good Morning Football on NFL Network, back on September 7th, 2023. And it features Peter Schrager, one of the hosts on Good Morning Football. And Peter Schrager wrote, as he was posting this video, For the last four years, I've correctly picked the Super Bowl champion before the season started. Chiefs, wow. Bucks, Rams, Chiefs. Here is my Super Bowl pick for this year. Again, we're going back to September seventh,
4: and I assume someone checked on this and documented. Yeah, it and I don't would say if it if it you wrong.
5: hadn't hadn't done it. September seventh, two thousand twenty three. Take a listen,
7: folks. I've got the script. <laughs> Chiefs, script <book>. got it. <laughs> Bucks, got it. Rams, got it. Chiefs again, got it.
2: <laughs>
7: I said in August. <sighs> Last year, that second-year unknown linebacker Nick Bolton was going to make the play of the Super Bowl, and his team would be hoisting a second Lombardi in four years, and it exactly happened that way. Ladies and gentlemen, the 49ers will be the number one seed. He picked the
4: play for last year's Super
5: Bowl. Like, I don't buy it. He picked the best play. Like He's going to make right, the play of the game. Someone can check
4: on these things, so he can't just say it, and people will check. So Ladies and gentlemen, the I 49ers will be the number
7: one seed in the NFC this year. Okay. Season. Yep. They'll get their revenge from a year ago, and they'll beat the Eagles in a hard-hitting AFC yeah, championship game. Wow. The Cincinnati Bengals will be the number one seed in the AFC. But nope, like nope. the Bengals did to the Chiefs in Arrowhead two years back, Kansas City will come chips? into Cincinnati oh, and break the Bengals' Listen. hearts in their building this year in the AFC championship oh game. God.
5: It's a little fuzzy audio. I don't know nah. what's going Kansas on. Kansas City, so, bag of chips. and bugs.
4: Anyway, the Eagles,
5: <laughs> if you were to have replaced the Lions.
4: Uh, Bengals with
5: Ravens. Bengals with Ravens. He's
6: just Chiefs about to again.
5: Chiefs on the road. Okay, now you're just making
3: a- I'm going to start doing all of my show. with I'm eating a bag of chips.
7: <laughs> so it'll be 49ers versus Chiefs in Vegas. And as specific September as I 7th. was with Nick Bolton a year ago, I will be specific on this one as well. The winner. With the exact score being 34 My to 28, remember that now. 34 to 28, and with second-year cornerback Trent McDuffie returning a pick six late in the fourth quarter, the Kansas City Chiefs will yet again <laughs> be your Super Bowl
3: champions. All right, 34-28. What's the over uh, on this game right now? Do you have it? Well, I can pull that up. What's that total? What's 34 plus 28? 52? It is uh, 64. 64. Close. No, no, 62.
5: 62. So let's see. The early lines for the Super Bowl are... We got it at 47 and a half. Okay.
3: Hammer the uh, Chiefs in the over, according to Peter
4: Schrager. Mm-hmm. Trent McDuffie did did play yesterday. Had a couple of passes defended. So it's okay. possible he could get an interception return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl this week. And lead the Chiefs to a 34-28 win over the San Francisco I mean, 49 But it. now everyone knows. It's either right or it's wrong. You've all heard it. In advance, will he be right for a fifth straight year it's pretty on remarkable. a Super Bowl pick?
3: That is, I mean, if it's true, that's <laughs> very remarkable.
5: All right, finally, let's get to shower talk. Jessica Biel, my beloved Jessica Biel, was in the uh, news for trying to get people behind the idea of eating and drinking in the shower. Now, I've had a shower beer before. Shower
3: beers are elite. They are elite. It's elite. It's
5: like beer at a baseball game, shower beer. They're right there at the top. They're top tier beers. But Jessica Biel takes it a step beyond that and says she eats in the shower. Hmm. So she went on TikTok. This is about a month ago. At the end of December, she put this out there and got the conversation rolling. I
9: think maybe some of you know this about me but I love to eat in the shower. I love to eat and drink in the shower. Shower appropriate items like cereal or yogurt, like coffee, tea, popsicles. I know Ooh. melt factor, but safe, you know, down the drain, anything drops. You're good.
3: Her eating a popsicle in the shower is the stuff of <laughs> legends. All right. Popsicle. Absolute
4: I can see cause it'll drip and you're already somewhere, but cereal in the shower. Scrambled eggs, delicious in the shower. <laughs> How do you eat? I mean, you can't just keep it away from the bowl. water. That the part of the shower is, you, if something, you know, if the water hits it, you can't ruin it. And water would ruin the cereal. No, got people in. put water in their cereal. Oh, it's, it's just if wrong. they're out of milk, you better put some water on. There. <laughs>
5: I got no milk. <laughs> I'm throwing this away. I would <laughs> eat
3: cereal dry before I ate cereal okay. like water. Me, me and you both. I would so, too. You better put some water on that damn ass. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that was back in the end of uh, December that she posted that video and then somebody commented like I need more information. Like what did I you I need you in the shower eating all of these, yes.
3: Jessica Beale.
5: So she elaborated a little bit more recently and this is what got everyone talking.
9: Guys, thanks for all these questions about shower eating. I'm just so thrilled everyone's so interested. I really want to, you know, start a movement, a shower eating movement, I think, for people who are multitasking. It's just going to be such a huge relief in so many ways. Here's my rules with shower eating. A ledge is really helpful. Something that you can (laughs) stick your cup, your yogurt container, your coffee, espresso, whatever it is you're enjoying. But I like to take a bite or a sip and put it on the ledge. And then you know you do your thing, you wash your hair, keep the soap out, that's a big deal. It's pretty simple guys, you can do this. Find it deeply satisfying. Only tricky thing is when you're chewing, you gotta keep your mouth closed because I still like to get under the water while I'm chewing Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, I wanna open my mouth at the same time and spit water. I don't know if that's like a childhood squirt gun situation, a deep rooted need to spit right. water in the face okay. of someone. Maybe it's just because I get spit in this. the face with water all the time by my kids, so I'm just ready at any moment to retaliate. That's the pro tip. Chew. Do not open the mouth. Do not let the shower water in. There you go. And
4: Tim says, "I need a cigarette." Me and you both. Like, Holy <laughs> smokes! Ah, I I disagree. She said espresso. See, if I'm in a hot shower, I'd want a cold, a cool, cold not drink, not a hot, not hot on hot. Doesn't feel right to me. I've hot never coffee. eaten in the
5: shower. I don't know that I'm planning to now.
4: Now I've eaten on the crapper before.
5: God,
3: no. <laughs> oh yeah, I've done. What that.
5: are you an animal? Yes,
3: I've done. Yeah, sandwich. Oh ah. yeah. Yeah. No. Nothing. I was just in oh. case it just
4: wants to pass through no, really quickly. No.
3: I, <laughs> Grabbed a sandwich, was like, ah, what's the most comfortable seat in the house? I could feel maybe something eventually. And gone and read a magazine, eating a ham sandwich, sitting on the dumpster. You don't
4: feel like there's part- particulates in the air no, really? that are getting on your sandwich? No more than are normally around my house. See, you know. Know. You're know, you probably right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I swear. No, the guy says I'm lying. I, uh, Anthony, I swear to God. that's my wa- I think my wife's caught me eating cereal or a sandwich on the, on the toilet before. Oh, God. Oh, yeah.
5: How did you ever get some again?
3: I swear, no, I've actually done it. I, like I actually—it's permanent... been a while, but I—that's I, probably—I mean, scraping the tune off the floor and eating it the other day—I think I've really turned her off.
5: <laughs> For getting your golf clubs to the golf club. we place. went out to
3: a very fancy dinner on Saturday night, and I was like, "All right, tonight's definitely the night." No, right to bed. So that happens. All right,
4: uh, thank you, Paulie. Good you job know. on the round I, of the I still
3: I want to talk more about things to eat in the shower. What's the what wouldn't you eat in the shower, like a ribeye? <laughs> yeah, you need a really big—you need a big ledge
4: <laughs> for something with that much plate. I'm really in on this. Actually, that, it saves I, time. That doesn't really work. Yeah. I've also got a—we've um, got a Jason Whitlock problem going on on my social media feed right now, and I don't know why. Hmm. I'll explain coming up after a check of traffic on 97.3 The fan. It's-
3: Deviant behavior is continuing to follow you around.
4: Sarah of Men Woods is brought to you by the farmer's dog. <laughs> Not that. Oh. Uh, the uh, chat has gone decidedly NC17 <laughs> after Polly's rival report about Jessica Beale eating in the shower. I guess i what I thought, what I realized when I said cereal, no. I don't feel like you should bring utensils into the shower. That's a good it's got to be that, something you can eat with your hands. Yeah, it Posticle's has to at, at the very least some sort of finger food. Paul, you just said I would need a piece of pizza in the shower. That okay. you can't do it. I you can hold think. a piece oh, yeah. of pizza without a you don't want a knife or a fork or a spoon or anything. But you're not anything. you're not really I, mean, I wouldn't
5: eat anything in the shower, I don't think.
3: You're not really in the shower if you have to stand away from the water. You're just standing in the shower. Like, you know, I mean, you can hold the pizza you above would need, like, the water, in the, uh, and then <laughs> lean your head, head out and take a
5: bite. Take a bite uh, uh. You <laughs> would need it. like the perfect ledge, like nearby. That's not. I need a plate. Of you got well, the
3: water, and it's the splashback <laughs> of getting it. I think she's. I think she's off. I think she's off her rocker. You can't eat much more than a popsicle. Yeah, Popsicle's great. Shower beer's great. Glass of wine, I could see, but food is you're going to get the sandwich. No.
4: I would say no. The, the bread would... I'll try so like, it tonight. Especially like... And then, you know, like a Jersey Mike sandwich that has the, like, the lettuce, shredded lettuce. Shredded that lettuce. That's going to be all in your drain. You're going to have shredded lettuce everywhere. Were you eating
3: it? Why? There's salami and capicola
4: <laughs> all over the floor. You It doesn't wash down the drain. You're just going to have lettuce
2: on the it's floor go. of oh, your uh, shower. Yeah, I think Taylor, I Taylor was in there. Taylor was in there eating <laughs> his Jersey Mike's.
3: Sorry. I just... It's just not like... It's just not a lot... Yogurt, maybe, but because you can eat a thing of yogurt quick. I mean, you can two scoops and you can be in and out, and there's your yogurt. But I just don't see the need to do it. You just want to spray whipped
4: cream and that's your mouth a really good one. That's <laughs> a really good one, actually. You can do it. <laughs> Do I mean, whippets in wash there? It right off yeah, wash it right off. Whatever misses, that's perfect. Fantastic, <laughs>
3: fantastic. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't really get that from her, but it it led to some interesting combos. But it also led to an interesting uh, th- tidbit we just found out about Ben. Well, he keeps getting yeah. Since
4: we're on an NC17 track anyway, this morning there we go. had the uh, Jason Whitlock story a couple of weeks ago yeah. where he was complaining <laughs> about the ads on his was it social media was it X it was or was ES- it. Well, he, it was he, just his ESPN. He, it was on ESPN. Yeah. The banner targeted ad across ad, the top. targeted ads, and he had one that was decidedly adult. And I, you know, I don't really get those, and I figure it's probably because I'm not spending that much time on those websites. But the last like five days, instead of getting the normal ads on X that I usually get, which are for gambling sites, like, hey, if Patrick Mahomes passes for one yard, you win. Uh, you know, a, a bet. It's like, okay, that can probably win that one. I keep getting this um, ad from uh, a company called Lilo for what they call the Enigma Wave. <laughs> Do you want me to read what they're trying to sell me here? I think here? I've seen You've it. seen this? Do you have the ad? Yeah, it's right here. It's, it's right up.
3: It oh, yeah. I've seen that. That is a contraption. <laughs> oh. Just read the headline there, what it says. Orgasmic revelation. Save that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So
3: clean, too. So clean.
4: (laughs) Orgasmic revelation. Experience intense blended (laughs) orgasms using wave motion technology. It's very advanced. (laughs) I don't know when I'm going to buy one of these. I mean, do I gift them to people? That seems like a personal purchase. It's It's not something that I'm going to... Gift to someone else. So it doesn't, think- doesn't look like it's appropriate for my anatomy based on the shape. <laughs> <laughs> I and functionality So think I don't know why of, I'm getting these ads Because but. of maybe all the adult
3: Let's see, let's see that search history <laughs> Yeah, because of all the adult <laughs> topics
4: broached. I feel like it you're you're, you're changing my ads hole, Just hole, by talking hole, hole. about
3: Me? Yeah You're literally sitting here wearing an ass pro shops hat <laughs> I don't think it's me that you need to worry about I think it's your What did I say? Be accountable Okay? Take, I don't get them I don't get these creepy You don't? No Really? No I don't get these at all <laughs> How much
4: is it, by the way? Do you want me to click on it? Because then I'll just get more more? of the same. (laughs) Then you'll
3: start getting texts to your phone. You ready for an orgasmic (laughs) revolution? We see, yes,
4: we did. In this product, perhaps we would like to interest you in some of our other line of goodies.
3: Orgasmic. I know that I can
4: use the promo code (laughs) to get a free gift. What is it? Lubed. (laughs) Save that too, Paul. say that too <laughs>
3: So I didn't make up the promo code. Tyler just knows how to use a private browser window. I never used the private. The incognito mode, I've seen it. And I feel like it sends some weird... I think if you use incognito, they send it to like the FBI.
4: So I just stick to the normal... The <laughs> that, normal would to, be, that would be very smart. Like, yeah, we don't look at hey, anyone's browser this is history private. except when they go on to private. when they go on incognito. And then
3: we are spying the heck out of you. That I 100% <laughs> believe that. So I just stick to the
4: normal Google. Uh, I promise you I do not use the vpn.fbi.gov like he said
3: it probably notifies my wife if you go to incognito it automatically just sends it to your wife everything that you're looking at well I don't know Benny Uh, I don't know about that thing there's really no need for us if that thing is making its way into your bedroom orgasmic revelation
4: (laughs) it's so clean
3: orgasmic revelation it's so good that will make an appearance again for sure. That's
5: tournament drops,
3: baby. <laughs> yeah, private browsing scares the crap out of me, and you feel like you feel like an absolute deviant oh. if you're private. Bro- do you use
4: incognito, Polly? I do. You do? Yeah. All right, they're we've watching got, you, dude. We've got the great tier one, Bobby Cressy, who has the worst food for shower eating. Oh, I'll goody. give you that right. when we come back. Good. Uh, if you want to join us on the chat or on the phone calls, eight three 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 two eight eight zero ninety seven three. I'm a little discombobulated here. I have no idea why. Orgasmic revelation. Dana <laughs> Woods on uh, ninety seven three. The family. We'll Orgasmic right revelation. <laughs> Man with an organ, Bobby Cressy, responded to our tweets, "Best worst foods to eat in the shower." Coming in at last place, cotton candy. <laughs>
6: just, <laughs> just just left holding
4: right. a stick. <laughs> just, just the right cold. that little paper cone. Like stick. the second the hot <laughs> moisture, just, you walk right and it just melts, no. melts. Right just gone. <laughs>
3: You're Just standing, in colored sugar. I tell you what, man. That you want to talk about a silent, Hello. secret assassin, Padres uh, organist Bobby Cressy. I I lament often when I listen to like the Stern Show, how he's got this staff of like eighty, right? They're, 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 he's got two guys in the back room just doing prank calls all day. He's got this guy and that guy, and this guy's out on the streets doing stuff. And I go, man, if I had a staff, if I could, if we could have a staff here, we couldn't even keep Hammer. Yeah, we <laughs> couldn't even keep Hammer, dude. If we could have a step, Bob Cressy, on his piano and organ keyboards, whatever, every day with a microphone in front of him, he is one of the most clever human beings alive. Now
4: he'd have to live my lifestyle because most of his he gigs, does gigs are at yeah. night, and they didn't have to get up in the morning. To he has be to do here. that anyway, man. He's got kids. That's true. You know he does it
3: anyway, but he he would be like my first round draft pick. All right, you have to have X go out. And I'd say Bob Cressy on the keys every day microphone in front of him. He is he's brilliant. He's brilliant. I'm so glad he's a part of the Christmas it's show. Ben and
4: here. Woods featuring Paul Rinaldo. And he does oh, the yeah. Bobby Cressy. No, he's the announcer. Oh, he'd be, he'd doing, be doing the, the announcer. Yes. <laughs> oh, it'd be
3: great, man. He is just the best. He is just the best. But uh, yeah, Cotton
4: Candy, that will do it. Chili I saw made a appearance. Anything that. again with that requires spoons, knives, forks. Not really great for shower eating. I'm
3: getting um, people DMing me about that machine that you talked about.
4: Orgasmic revelation. Yeah, it's called an Enigma Wave, which sounds more like um, like something you'd use to break a World War II code. The Enigma. wave. The Enigma Wave. wave. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, but not
3: what it's for. The, the company is called Lalo, I think.
4: Lilo. 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 <laughs> What's what that? That's the hold, hold on. What'd you say, Ben? Lubed. That's the. That's the. That's the discount code. <laughs> what Promo is the code, code.
3: again, Ben? <laughs> ben, what's the code? Lubed. Oh,
4: okay. <laughs> oh, we don't will. know how
3: I use that, but, but we know will I use I will it. Use that. Yeah, hundred percent. What do you want to do? You want to take some calls?
4: Uh, sure, if you want, 833-288-0973. The topics are fairly... It's open. Fairly <laughs> open at this point. Uh, let's <sighs> check traffic. And, there's uh, open
5: phones, and then there's really open there's phones. There's really
4: open phones uh, if you want to call in, and we will uh, take your calls right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Yeti, it's, it's not L-U-B-B-E-D. That's lubbed. That's a totally different word. <laughs> Is that a word? (laughs) Is loved a word? I don't think loved is a word. Uh, Let's see. Dan says spin the topic wheel. Or the question wheel. We can do that. Let's uh, let's spin the topic wheel for the last couple. You know what I'd like to do, too? Because we were going to play Ben Likes on Friday, and then Craig came in for a little crossover. We never got to it. Save the last couple of minutes for things Ben Likes. Let's spin the topic wheel once or twice, and we'll get to the Annie and Elston show. That's right.
5: we've done this one and maybe it was not replaced i don't remember this would you rather never be able to hear music again or lose the ability to read
4: we've done this one we have yeah yeah i'll skip i'll skip the music i like to read i'll never skip the music you want i wanna, love wanna, to read too so yeah. it would be a torture chamber for me but you think we've done that one yeah hmm.
5: it's not so much like the ability to read a book i think it's like the ability to read anything
4: signs you couldn't I mean, I, I have a general idea what the signs say at, the, at 48 years old.
3: Now I kind of know stop, yield,
4: liners. I, I mean, it'd be t- tough to do the show without the ability to read. Not really. I think it would be. It wouldn't. Almost impossible. No. It says the guy that doesn't do the liners. That's true.
3: I mean, if he was out, I would be out too. Ben, Ben's taking vacation. <laughs> I'm out, Paulie. Unless you want to read all the but liners. like like you can listen to audio books, games, yeah.
4: and you know, reading like Dennis's Lynn latest piece on the Who's Padres. Dennis's Lynn. De- <laughs>
3: What is Dennis's (laughs) Lynn?
4: It's my new band.
3: Dennis's (laughs) Lynn. Holy crap, that that made me sweat. (laughs) Dennis's Lynn. You know, (laughs) Dennis's Lynn. Oh, man, Mm -hmm. it's incredible. Next.
4: Ben again, please.
3: <laughs> I don't know why they got me so much. We just did this one. Yeah, we got what that. is happening? I don't know. I need... Turn the mics off for a second. <laughs> Where are they? They're over here. <laughs> why are we getting repeats? The website's glitching out because
5: I
4: literally just removed one and it popped back up. If you, would you rather you'd ever be able to hear music? Oh my hear God! The ability to read. It was like Ben we the can't other day. even get the topic wheel to work right
3: now. Remember when you were, were repeating the other day? Uh, on the radio, there was the glitch during the storm, yes. and it was repeating the same phrase over and over and over. All right, incredible. I got one All right, here we go.
5: What movie is so bad that it's actually entertaining to watch?
3: A bunch of them. Roadhouse, phenomenal. And they're remaking it, which I don't understand entirely. Jake Gyllenhaal uh, is going to be playing the Patrick Swayze role. Roadhouse is so bad. That it's so brilliant. Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth. One of my favorite (laughs) movies of all time. Lance Henriksen. He's in a motorcycle gang. Uh, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man with Mickey Rourke and Don Johnson. Incredible.
4: Incredibly bad. Brilliant movie. I think Anchorman is really bad. But I actually lean into the really badness of it. I know they're... It's a good call. They're kind of partly going for that as well. but Can I say when I saw Anchorman the first time, I did not get
3: it. And I couldn't stand it. And then I watched it again. And I went, all right, I get it now. And it was really, really good. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. Uh, role Models. It's a great one. It's so bad, it's entertaining. I like that. Crossroads with Ralph Macchio. Yes. Oh, see, I thought
5: Role Models was just funny. It made me yeah, hot. maybe it
3: was. Maybe it was just funny.
5: I think of oh, movies like... Like Sharknado was yeah, stuff like awful, that. but you're like, oh, I can't really turn away. I like, watch I'm already it. watching it.
3: Yeah,
4: I like that. Something ben doesn't watch like a lot that. of yeah, bad, I, stupid movies. Yeah, the B-movie type. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of them. I love that. Another one? Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. So dumb, but so good. Oh, that's a good, that's that's a good, good call. So that's a good call. Yeah, I have seen that one. Yeah, let's do another spin here.
3: Would you guys rather lose the ability to hear music or read? <laughs> what movie is so
4: bad?
5: <laughs> right, this one is. Uh, do you have any scars, and what happened?
4: Tons, emotional scars.
5: Then <laughs> <laughs> sure. sit on what, the couch. What happened? I ben? only have
4: one. I think I only have one real scar. So. I don't even remember. can't even find it. I can't it. see it. It's, I, it's like way on the outside. So I, it, I had a birthmark that was too dark, and they removed it when I was a baby. And it was just on my arm, and it left a scar. But You don't I,
3: have a scar from like splitting your lip or
4: your chin? I'm fairly careful. I got you know, a chin one yeah. here.
3: I've got one. You see it right above my eye. Got, how did that one elbowed happen? Elbowed playing flag football. Ooh. Clean, sharp elbow right to the eye. I've got a dog bite scar on my leg. I've got uh, an elbow surgery scar here. Oh yeah, you can see that one. Um, I think that's it, really. I don't have a ton. That's a lot, Pauly. Yeah. What about you? Um,
5: the most scars I have I actually have um, acne scarring oh. a little bit <laughs> on my face. I had horrible acne as a teenager, like really, really bad acne. Had to go on a medication. This is like Ben telling me.
3: I that always he came felt... to his birthday parties. It makes me sad. I've told
4: you. I this felt party. really bad. We talked about acne I, I, and There was nothing they could do about it, but the kids who definitely had to deal with that. I mean, I had a couple of zits, but it wasn't like yeah. that serious problem that some. And I always felt bad because there was. I knew it wasn't their fault, but. You know, someone who Probably got made fun of sometimes in school, awful. I would and, think oh they're gonna get made fun of for that the, and that's not that's not okay. The worst
5: part was like it, it got really bad and my mom took me to a dermatologist and they said, Yeah, like clearacil or whatever is not gonna help. Right. We're gonna get you on Accutane, which a lot of people have taken. Yeah, my brother did. And the problem is though, it dries your face up so bad it like pushes all that crap out. It gets out. worse. It gets worse before then. Before, it gets way better, though. It gets, yeah. It's damn near. Like, I never had acne again right. after that. It was life-saving. It was I, great.
3: I get acne more now than I did when I was 16. Mm. My forehead is it like... sucked, man. It's terrible, dude. Like, terrible. I don't look at pictures of me in
5: high school. Uh, fifth uh, Freshman and sophomore year. It was
0: awful.
3: Yeah, my brother had that. Of course, I used to wear him out about it, too. So, that makes me feel good. Big bully. But I got my wife.
5: She's uh, Mrs... Um, skincare routine. Yes. So she's got me she all
4: dialed.
3: dialed in. She's got me dialed as well. <laughs> yeah.
4: Anthony has maybe the worst scar story that I've seen in the chat. He says, I have a two foot long scar from sliding over a nail on a slip and slide.
5: Oh my. Oh. Oh. Two
4: feet. Well, on his belly? I would assume. Leg. I mean, it could be either side, but just snagged it and just tore two feet.
3: Two feet is this much. Anthony, wait, can you
4: add in the chat exactly where is this two-foot scar on his leg? I guess that's better than the torso or belly, but still pretty bad. Because two feet is pretty much, what, like foot to knee or knee yeah, to yeah, hip, like all the way up.
3: Oh, my God.
4: Gnarly. Poor guy. Poor guy. Poor Polly. I'm sorry
3: for you guys. Better for it now. Okay, hey, oh, better for all it. All good. Yeah, kids are mean with acne and stuff. They are so pizza mean. Pizza face, yeah. yeah, it's awful.
4: <laughs> you secretly called them pizza. face. I did face. not secretly. No, no because I mean, you got. No, I they called you Ben. Was, ben the big I'm fat very hand. Empathetic, <laughs> and I, that made me less of a bully because I had empathy. Oh, all All right. Let's all get right, out of here. Let's, uh, let's get to some things Ben likes since we didn't get to it I on like Friday. Pizza face. Yeah. I like good juicy sweet strawberries. I like a good marching band. I like a good thin pancake. I like a Nickelback song or two. I like a barbecue chicken pizza. I really like those seeds. I like a midnight buffet. I kind of like the smell of soft scrub. I like more of a small derriere. I like cake. I like it, Sheeran. I like both a hamburger and a cheeseburger. I like clocks. I like how I've kind of set up my life. I like grasshopper pie. Oh, no, I like it creamy. I like good, firm banana. I like just looking out at the sea. I like eating. I like moist. I like curry. I like big butts. I like fried Brussels sprouts. I like more of a firm filling. I like corn. I like Nordstrom. I do like musicals. I like pepperoni. I like nice hotels. I like Nick getting a start today. I like nuts. I like Steph Curry. I like that song. I like squirt. I like Saki. I like San Diego State. I like straight up, Paul Abdul. I like the beef and broccoli. I like to mix it up. I like science experiments. I like that song. I like the crispiness of the waffle. I really like cheese. I like the little lunch meat. I like very straight lines. I like cannelloni. I like a well-crafted headline. I like... Brown sugar. I like maps. I'll say I like Justin Turner. I like going to goals games. I like diving into chores. like sugar. I do like Butterfinger. I like blue and silver are not bad colors. I like the time change. I like Major League Baseball's new rule. I like the radio. I like geography. I like the knuckle method. I like Skippy. And I like pie. I like Bob Melvin. I really do. I like Jace Tingler too. I like this guy. I like being right. I still do like movie scores. I like good food. I like maps. I like when interviews can turn into organic conversation. I do like a Sofer's French bread pizza. I like having the wind go through my hair. (laughs) I think I like shows that the characters have an arc. I like the full lettuce, tomato, onion experience as well. I like those kind of burgers. I like the big overflowing bag of fries. I like those little Smarties rolls. I liked what I saw from Seth Lugo. I liked his competitive fire. I like walking around between the different lands. Steve Kerr, though, I like that. I like living on the coast. I like watching Tiger still. I like the idea of that matchup. I liked what I saw in the preseason. I like the aloneness sometimes of Texas Hold'em. I like watching San Diego State basketball. I like those cashew-buttered cashews. I like cold, clear sake. (laughs) He really likes things that are crisp and fur <laughs> I small. I do not like uh, Balsamic Vinny's uh, scar story I stepped on a piece of red hot rebar at the beach and it went through ah! my foot just never want to walk barefoot anywhere ever again after that
3: oh, oh my god that's Ouch. so good
4: I like when you go Steve Kerr I like that
3: so good
4: this might have been the most problematic hour of Men in Woods history right. just topic wise I would say we needed one Got us through the end of Monday, though, and got you set up for uh, Annie and Elston, who will be coming up next. Uh, Craig can fill you in more of that crazy soccer's game uh, and how it ended that was absolutely wild last night. Uh, Not as wild as that last 45 minutes. We will be back tomorrow. Will we have a guest on, or will we continue our streak of guest-free programs in the morning? Tune in to find out at 6 a.m. For producer Paul Rindel. not you know, booking any guests over there, For Stephen Woods, I'm Ben Higgins. Dig in, Paulie.
3: Stay strong.
4: Stay (laughs) strong. Great your Monday from all of us here at 97.3 The Fan. So long. T-Mobile has invested
0: billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours